Hi, this is Nick Dragata of East of West, and you're listening to the 11 O'Clock Comics Podcast. <laughs> Excitement. He said, too silent. Silence. Yeah. son. Unbelievable. Yeah, Where I got Excitement. Excelsior. We're going to break the, the, the calm this weekend. We're going to be all up in oh, it and around no calm this weekend. I know. This is the proverbial calm before the storm. Yes. We are going to be the walking dead. Walking. Hot, maybe. <laughs> the walking hot. <laughs> Why is no one watching our show? It could be the title. <laughs> Speaking of shows, I got a chance to catch the final episode, well, for the season of The Strain. Yeah, got to talk about yeah it was good stuff. It was good stuff. Yeah, it, it was alright. It was stuff, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> It it's not. It's not so much that you saw the, the season finale. You just saw another episode before we get the next one. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just sort of. Well, isn't that the way it should be? Those contrived things. <laughs> no, they need to I leave us with that. something. Yeah. No, they. They say, "Oh, cool. I mean, I'm happy for Gus." If the big reveal is that homeboy's hard to kill, it's not really a reveal. <laughs> the dude's like a thousand years old already. I kind of figured he was hard to kill. And people ask me why I don't release anything. <laughs> It's <laughs> like you out there. Don't even, bitch, bro. Don't even. Don't even. I, I, I mean, I mean, shit. I. It's. Uh, it's you been loved least it, a, bro. It's been Sorry. at least a year since you and Zach released that awesome comic that I. At I, least so, I enjoyed so much. Oh, when it's finally done, though, it's going to blow the doors off everything, though. But 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 Vince, Vince you know. Count- uh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Counterpoint, Vince. Ahead, just because ahead. just because Jason and I might want to crap on the finale, and you loved it. You not releasing something because fuckers like us, you you have the people who want to wear your skin who are going to love it regardless. So don't even sweat it. Very true. Very yeah. true, Dap. But I care what you say. I know, and we'll love it because you made it. But See, yeah, you say you love it and then be getting home showing it to the wife. Go, look at this shit. <laughs> My dog could do that. Jeez. Hey, everybody. It's 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 337, the post-New York City Comic Con edition. Woo! And, pre, and we are free. That's what I said. Free. Said post, but it's, I did not say post. Clean, make me rewind you'll, this you'll shit. Clean it up post. Post. Don't worry about it. And I'm Vince B. You are oh, all exasperated. Shit, you are Vince B. I'm David A. Price. You are, and coming at you, ready for another secret war. I'm the Beyonder. <laughs> Popping your collar Jerry with Jerry Curl, baby. Yes, you are not the Beyonder. Thank the gods. <laughs> You are Jason Wood, and you know what? I hear I hear somebody breathing in the background there. Who that Hi, is? Jason. I've been holding my breath this whole time. You couldn't have possibly heard me. Ah, uh, if you can't tell by the accent, you're silly. It's our buddy, our very good buddy, Mr. Roland. Tell them who you are. Hey, everyone. Roland <laughs> Roland Pierce from Down Under. And he's awesome. <laughs> I tried One my best. of us. And even if you are in Down Under, you can get your comics. I don't even know if they ship to Australia. I'm just going to pretend. Good. You can get your comics cheap in Australia if you are a discount comic book service member. DCBService.com. They have everything at awesome discounts. Check this out. 
The uh, specials are up, and they are amazing. From Image, you can get a big old bundle of books, four books for $6.74. That's 50% off. You get Bitch Planet, number one, by Kelly Sue DeConnick and uh, Valentin Delendro. You get Rumble, number one, by John Arcudi and the awesome James Heron of BPRD fame, among other things. Graveyard Shift, number one, by Jay Farber and Fran Bueno, Muy Bueno. And they, they're they not like us, number one, by some guy named Eric Stevenson, whoever he is, and the great Simon Gain, who I kind of gave the uh, love to from his work on Godzilla for IDW. He's awesome and British. So you can get all these books. That's four for a lousy $6.74. Criminal. It is. From IDW, finally, Corto Maltese, Under the Sign of Capricorn, graphic novel. It's the first of 12 Hugo Pratt books featuring Corto Maltese. Cover price, $29.99. Your price, $14.99. And last but not least, it's the the hotness, the indie darling that was uh, blowing up all summer from Michael Fife. And Bergen Street Comics, it's Copra, round one, trade paperback, cover price nineteen ninety five, your price ten dollars and ninety seven cents. That's forty five percent off. You can't even get a single issue for ten dollars and ninety seven cents of the of the originals. They are tough. Um, don't mind late orders or order editions. You get your books fast. Get them right to your door. Secure. They're the best. DCBService.com. You get them a little bit less fast for if you're in Australia. <laughs> well, if you live on another planet, you know, it's got to take some time. Can I just tell you that the, uh, the kitties around here are fascinated by the Aussie? That's <laughs> because they rarely see a human being of that size. One of, uh, Colin's friends at the football field was like, wait, you're really Australian? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, how do you know him, Mr. Wood? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, how do you know him? No, seriously, how do you know him? I'm like, uh, <laughs> Like he's 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 my friend. He's like, no, no, but, but how do you know someone from Australia? He was uh, he's like a he was like a, uh I don't know. He was like a uh, a sight to behold for these people. Yeah, he is it's awesome. Like a big sighting. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just his size that that keeps him around. It's his brain too. I mean, Roland's a pretty sharp cat. I don't mind saying it because he's in the room. I'm not giving him the glad hand. He's a pretty smart. I'm guy. not holding you back. You can keep going with that. Nice. It's it's true. Roland, you should go as the supreme intelligence for Halloween. <laughs> be awesome. Do I bring magic cards to the con, or do I not bring magic cards? I've got some. Nice. Well, listen, dude. I mean, at least one. It's not two of the nights we're going to be sitting down by my uh, in our outdoor in our fire pit, having some drinky drinks, relaxing, and uh, it's a perfect time to play some magic. It is. Well, there's every day is a perfect time to play magic. But sure, I'll bring some. All right. Speaking All right, of bringing magic, we... what are you guys Ooh. drinking? Uh, Diet Pepsi. Dude, I thought this was vacation that you were going to let loose. Well, I'm starting tomorrow. Tomorrow morning he'll start. Mm-hmm. All right, whatever. He has his Dunkin' Donuts. DAP, what you got? Uh, I am, uh, cracked open a second bottle because I finished off the first earlier. Uh, Sledgehammer, the Cabernet Sauvignon. Sledgehammer. Wait, you drank a whole bottle of wine already? No, it didn't. No. I opened it the other day. Oh, Respect. That would be funny if you drank a whole bottle of wine and you're on your second one. Pretty fucking sad, but yeah. It'd be pretty funny, you'd, but you'd have to imagine that 
Dude, that's what happened the the night that I peed on air. That's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Who's air? Oh, air. I got Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. All right. Spin it around. What are you drinking, Roland? I'm drinking a fantastic Diet Coke. (sighs) Bunch of slack slack jaws around here. Uh, And I am drinking in honor of the weekend. And don't worry. That's not the only bottle dap. I'm drinking Close de los Siete. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I was looking for that today. Didn't find it? No, I, um, I, I was looking for something for, to, to, to bring over for Beth and, uh, looked for a couple things and ended up going with something else that, uh, Renee thinks she might like. So here's hoping. Now we're going to put your dog whispering skills to work because the dog lost his shit on rolling tonight. So we'll see if you can sue the savage beast faster than he was able to. Because I'm okay. so sexy. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. That's, well, when an, when another alpha male or alpha dog comes in, there's trouble. Yeah, that's right. Because that's, that's, that's that's so I experience every night when he comes home. So. Yeah, that's true. But yes, yeah, I know. Roland would be, you know, well, the dog's usually not used to something bigger than than Hobbs. So it's it's. uh it's weird, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, it, it's been a year. Hopefully, Hobbs won't be so mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. See, dogs love me. Uh, well, okay. They do. We'll they see. Do because the, the innocent souls, they mm-hmm. always bond with them. And that's I'm sure this is a riveting radio for everybody out there. Yes. Uh, before we get into it, I gotta give some, uh, massive monster size kudos to our good buddy Dave Windorf. Really? Yes. How's he doing? Because he's blowing up. Just like the video for um The Duke, which is a reworked track from um Last Patrol. Uh the new album is called Milking the Stars and it's a bunch of songs from the last album reworked, redone, re-envisioned. They're they're, just com- they're completely different. Dave says they're better, but anyway, um the video for The Duke came out and it is amazing. It's spectacular. Uh, and, uh, the album comes out on November 14th, I think, through Napalm Records. I'm gonna get me a vinyl copy, and you should get at least a CD if you don't do the vinyl thing. It's so good. Nice. It's, yes, and I just wanna give Dave props because the video's spectacular. Former it's guest sexy. of the show. It's sexy as hell. It has some, some teeth to it. It has meaning. You actually see the, the muse of destruction dance. She's hot. Mm-hmm. Dancing around, it's a great little song. Has he signed up for the new forum yet? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but so. we'll we'll probably run into him this weekend. Oh, nice! Sweet. I'm sure. Didn't he say he was going? Not to me. I, I have not spoken to him so. Oh, but anyway, so get on that monster magnet. The album is called Milking the Stars, November 14th, and it's awesome. And you should get it. I, I vouch for it. If you don't like it, it's my fault. But you will like it. Nice. All right. What else we got? Well, dude, we sh- what are we going to start with? New York Comic Con, dude. Well, before we get to that, I think there's one more shout out we should probably make to our boy, New Mutant, turning the big five zero today. Oh, look at that! Yeah, look at the look at the guest. How did that happen? Savvy. It boggles my mind that he's fifty years old because right? he does. He, yeah, time is a flying. He's not going to turn fifty one unless he stops with that weird spelling shit that he's got going on. But we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Well, he's not going to turn fifty one because we're all going to die from Captain Trips. Nah, so <laughs> ain't going to happen. As soon as Ebola gets uh, changes its vector and gets airborne, 
Dude, my my boy is so funny. Today in the car, he was going Ebola. <laughs> That's hilarious. Naturally funny. All right, New York City Comic Con. This weekend, I have an agenda. Shut up, you. I ha- I have an agenda. I know it's probably not the same as y- y'all's agendas, but um, I'm gonna try my hardest to. Uh, Amend my oversight and pick up amazing 650 to 700. That should take you all of about 14 seconds. Yeah, we could do that. I don't know about that. I don't know. Because do. back issue prices are silly. And, Not and for I, that, dude. I mean, you're going to be able to buy like a 50 pack, like one of those yeah. bundles, uh, I'm sure, for like, I'd say 30 bucks. If I can get it for 30 bucks, I will be one happy clam. Um, I'm, well, I'd say no more than 50 buck a piece. Excellent. That's what I want to do. It'll happen. Good. That's your only agenda? That's the first hour of the consort of events. That's my only agenda. My Well, I shouldn't say that. My second agenda is to do whatever everyone else is doing and just have fun. Nice. Yep. I am beyond giddy. Well, you have a an itinerary and a spreadsheet and uh, contingency plans. Like you're. Well, that part actually kind of exhausts me. Like it should making sure that all that works out, but uh, it always works out. But 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 I'm I'm giddy number one because while David and I had an unbelievably good time at Heroes, you weren't there, so maybe that's why. <laughs> no, <laughs> could be. Uh, I'm giddy because we have uh, uh, what turned out to be a pretty awesome collection of attendees. Um. So I'm super giddy for that. And the newest – there's many reasons to be giddy for the show. But the newest hot off the presses reason to be giddy is that uh, our boy Mike Alexander, who you may remember from last year hanging out with Ed McGinnis. It's uh, Ed McGinnis' art rep. Announced today that he is bringing with him to the show Frank Quitely original art for sale. Wow. Oh, what's that going to cost? No, very reasonable. Inc- including he showed – pictures today on the Facebooks of he's bringing with him a ton of pages from the first issue of The Invisibles. Wow. I thought you were going to say Flex Mentel. I was going to have to lose Well, it. I haven't. I asked him if he's going to have pages from that because I don't know. But, but dude, the, I would have thought The Invisibles pages, A, were long gone and B, were super pricey and yes. they're not at all. That's awesome. Yeah. I got to check that dude, stuff out. Dude, if there's out, any I... new X-Men pages, I am on it. <laughs> what if they have the page in, with the womb? Well, you know what's funny? Uh, as much as I make fun of him, Igor Corday is the first person to ever draw Phantom X. <laughs> I would love to own that page. I have no idea if he sells his art, where it is, if it's already long gone, but I would uh, love see, that. Now, that's just wrong because you, you drop the bomb on Corday whenever I bring him <laughs> up, uh, the groans, but you'll buy it because he drew Phantom X. Well, that's my dog, dude. But... Uh, I, it, it's it's maddening. It is. It really is. Corday's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in that particular panel, he is awesome. <laughs> he drew one of the best cables ever. True. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. A lot of good people have tackled cable. We got our boy, and another reason I'm excited for the con is that we got our boy Dap finally dipping his toes into the JMP's world. Ah, uh, I see that. What, what's why the hesitation, dude? With the it, no, it's it's not a side. It's just okay. Total honesty. 
you know me. I love art. I love I love owning art. The jam piece things to me just seem like a little bit too much work. That's the fun of it, man. Yeah. I I know. I know you got to love it and you guys do love it. But uh, see, I I'm going to be with you side by side while you're getting these things, but I would I would never I would never do that. Huh. I love it's it. just too much. Just too much work. I will live vicariously through your awesome jam piece. Less work for Jason because he just has seven of them on the go at once, so he just drops them off. Yeah, I actually have ten to bring yeah. to the show. <laughs> Lord. But I got the uh, worm's eye view of Dapp's uh, blank page, and it is really special. Yeah, I showed Roland the uh, printed version. Yes, it's so nice. It looks it's, it's very nice. good in person. Yeah, sweet. It's gonna be Can you now is the goal to fill that entirely this weekend? Originally it was, but after finding out some people won't be there, uh, I, I've um, resigned myself to the fact that it, it's not going to be completed this weekend. Yeah, I mean, talk about a blast to the giblets. I mean, uh, Gabriel, yeah, Hartman. Gabriel, Mahmoud, and Norton all will yeah. not be there. So, and I would, I, I would love for each of them to, right. to take part in it. So we'll, we'll see. It's, um, I mean, uh, hopefully we'll see. I, th- I, th- I think we, Roland and I were talking about this. I think you set it off right off jump with a Tony Fleece piece. That's that. That's that is my plan because, because uh, he'll, he'll hook it up. It'll be killer. Yeah. He'll put some yeah. color up on it, which is yep. great because it'll set the tone. Um, we know it looks. We know it'll look great, and he'll do it. I'm sure very quickly, and yeah. uh, like you know, because it's you because he loves himself some dap. And uh, and Shannon, his beautiful fiance, is actually not going to be there, so he'll yeah. actually be able to concentrate on drawing instead of looking at her visage. But then um, we won't have anything to look at. It's seriously, true. she's not going. Nah, she's got to work. Oh yeah. man, we will miss her mm-hmm. for real. But that's really smart having Tony do it first because that will force everyone yep. who gets that page after right. to step up. Yep, that's what like uh, Matt Matt Kent told David and I at uh, Heroes the next time I started a new jam piece to have him start it off because he'll do color and that'll, so uh, I'm bringing him the new jam piece to uh, to start off right when we get there. Love him. Yes. Mm-hmm. One of the valiant, the, the key valiant writers these days. Oh, yeah. And did you see that, um, I think it's Dark Horse is going to be redoing all the Pistol Whip stuff in color? Oh, no. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yep. I got a double dip then. For real. For Rizzy. And, and if I know Dark Horse, they're going to be uh, hardcover too. Yeah, no doubt. Yep. So what do we read? Do we have time to read in this busy week of packing and... Uh, Searching for bathing suits and wine, which uh, it came up uh, fruitless. I uh, it, it's I, I got I got to go with uh, with with my original plan on that. So we'll um, wear some some shorts. Yes, yeah. Just I'll, wear, I'll, like I'll, make sure they're like John Cena jorts. I, they're they're, they're uh, like khaki cargo shorts. Oh no, I want well, the shorts because then we can then we can have you do a I, Cena impersonation. I, <laughs> you can't Wait, see me because I won't be wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Am I missing something? Like, why are you looking for shorts? No, I was Dude, looking you, for you, a bathing suit. The one day he he ever spends on Facebook Messenger, I'm not around. And then every other day, it's as if he does. <laughs> Bro, I put on Facebook Messenger, make sure you bring bathing suit to my house so you can use the hot tub. You want an Italian in the hot tub? It's going to be like soup, yeah, like a big plus, old Italian tea bag. And, and Dude, I'm married yeah, to an Italian. That hair trap <laughs> is going to be working overtime. Yeah, you are. Stop. <laughs> Let's talk about the big old elephant in the room. Something I hope we Yeah, what are you talking about? No, something I I hope we all have read. 
came out today. Mm. I I gave it a shot based on the cover art and the thickness and the value for the dollar. Pledged is pledged. Yes, and I am of course talking about Scott Snyder and Jocks Witches with a Y number one that that shipped from Image today. You know what they say: witches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks. I have, I gotta say, I, you know, I love, I love Snyder when he's doing the bat, but that other image horror series didn't particularly click with me. Really? And, nah, not very much. What was the Severed. name of that thing? Right, no, Severed. I dug it. it. I, I thought it was okay, but not, nothing of his caliber, uh, having experienced the highs he can hit with, um, the Batman, so to speak. Um, but I knew he was adept at horror, so, I mean, come on, American Vampire, right? Uh, I gave it a shot. I thought it was outstanding. Mm-hmm. You, you know how jazzed you were for The Wicked and the Divine? Best single issue I've read in a long time. Which like, is no- I love how he says blah, 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 like complete, to completely discredit my, my viewpoint. No, 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 I'm not discrediting you at all. I'm making a, an analogy. Which is number one is my Wicked and the Divine. Really? One. Yes, I thought, I thought it was absolutely perfect. Wow, Roland hated it. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, that's not true. Wow. There were parts that I didn't quite love. I'll say that. You know what hooked me immediately? The opening scene. Yes, the opening scene oh, was opening fantastic. Scene was great. Yes. I love yeah. the opening scene. The opening scene yeah. awesome. Uh, for those who haven't read it, we have a, um, the, the, the very first page. Wait, is... are we gonna, we're gonna really break, break into deep detail about a book that just came out that everyone wants to read? No, I just wanna do the first page. Okay. The very first page, you see a, a, a wide shot of a forest, and there's a tree with a knot hole in it. And you're like, okay, this is cool. Next panel, same shot, and then an eye pops up in that knot hole of the tree, and it just—I lost my shit because if if you aren't—if you're just blowing through it, you're gonna miss it. It's so subtle, but then it's not subtle because it's an eye in a tree, and you're thinking, well, how the hell is there an eye in the tree? And then the the sequence is somewhat explained, and it is—it's bizarre as hell. How this person, number one, got in the tree, but um, in this universe, there are witches with an I, and there are witches with a Y. And from what we're told, the witches with a Y are like the elder beings, the supreme beings, the the ones that can can give you things in exchange, like anything, d- fulfill any kind of desire you may have in exchange for some kind of tribute or offering. And that's kind of where the, the the opening scene is going, but it's just it's amazingly bizarre and and all kinds of twisted and beautiful. Absolutely, you you had mentioned uh, in our offline chats that uh, it was a different type of jock, and and while I agree with you a little bit, I do think it's 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 the it's the same jock that I fell in love with at the Losers. I think that's oh, yeah, uh, that's the jock that this yeah, is. it's yeah. it's an it's an unrestrained jock. Mm-hmm. And I I said to Mario, you know, I loves me some messy jock. And of course he took it, you know, where you think he would take it. Um, but if you notice, I noticed it immediately and, uh, there's a, a very, very fine dot screen yes. applied to every page of art. And, uh, it gives it a nice little texture. Um, but it's like sometimes it's subtle. You don't really notice it unless there's a, an expanse of, of, um, Continue like if there if there's a nice blend of colors you'll pick up on it but sometimes it's subtle other times it's it's really in your face 
and for me seeing this on every page it 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 imparts this kind of strange feeling that you're looking through a veil or or a uh, like a membrane of 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 i don't know mem like a memory membrane like something happened in the past like you're you're seeing it from a vantage point that's not somewhat removed from this uh reality so to speak and i think it's a really nice effect it, it's like a um a frosted lens like a like a hazy effect that only makes the story creepier and that lens is dirty and it's really it is it's it's ruddy and dirty and it's got texture and it just pulls everything it's got a unifying effect too i i thought the the art was extremely strong on this book that also the last line of that introduction pledged is pledged Mm -hmm. yep no, it's a really special book. And like I said, the value is incredible because, uh, it's number one, a 299 book from a very, very popular writer. Don't usually see that these days. Um, second, it's extra sized. There's more pages, more pages of story. There is a three page text piece in the back where Snyder details the origins of the story, like the real world origins of the story with uh, himself and his friend and how they used to traipse through the woods and where all these things came from. It's just an amazing first issue. Rap, is it a wraparound cover? I think it is, right? Well, the cover, back cover is black, but um, no ads, right? It's was, it was fantastic. It was a home run. Uh, like you said, I, I was curious to see what Jock, who I love, but who I think is, uh, for some reason I wasn't sure how he would fit into a horror book because mm. he's, he's, he's very geometric, I think, and with his, with his, um, style. But yeah, no, I mean, obviously it's, uh, it, 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 my, any, any reticence I had about that was quickly abated in those first few pages. He, he, he's doing inspired work here, so. Yep. Yeah. And, um, after I digested the entire thing, I'm thinking, you know, there's a couple elements to this first issue that inevitably are going to be, uh, compared to, um, that very popular found footage film. Blair Witch. I'm not, uh, the, yeah, which is a very uninspired. Wait, you don't mention, you, why won't you, it's, 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 it shall, it's, it shall, that shall not be named. It's kind of one note. Blair Witch. Is where I'm, Yes, is where I'm going with this. It, Blair Witch was an entirely one note yeah, production. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This, um, is definitely not that. There is, there's, well, I won't spoil it, but there's teeth to this story. <laughs> and, and there, there are many, many, many different avenues he can take this. There's, there seems to be a, a hierarchy here that we're not aware of. There, there's, there's backstory. Well, clearly that there's the family lineage with the craze, which is hilarious because yes. I want, I want them to have a son named Cray so he could be Cray Cray. <laughs> Julian would love him, uh, but no, it, it's um, it's it, it's pretty deep. There, there's tendrils in this thing. I, I'm I'm in for the duration. Mm-hmm. I'm, I will buy, I will buy every one of these single issues. The, the one thing that Roland and I were talking about at dinner, which uh, it, just to your point about the the perfect first issue, the perfect first issue claim is just that um, I don't think either of us were feeling necessarily a lot of certainty that we're going to care about Rainbow. Um, enough that if she's the main protagonist, so I don't, I don't know if they're gonna move beyond her, but I didn't, I didn't get much of a feeling of empathy or interest in her well-being in this book, and I think I was probably supposed to. 
I relate more to the trials going on with the father. Yeah, that's not, yeah. exactly. I agree with that. Exactly yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 We've been given uh, some pieces to this puzzle, which make me intrigued, but the pieces we got aren't necessarily the best they could have done to hook everyone. I don't think. And we don't know that Rain is necessarily the main character. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I completely bonded with the father, uh, illustrator, uh, a parent with a child with, um, but issues, let's just say emotional issues. Uh, I can identify with that. Uh, it it never goes away. It's 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 something that takes root in in your in your mind, and you always deal with it constantly. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I'm I liked it a lot. David uh, also read it. He did. Yeah, I did. He I did. <laughs> he did. Uh, I I liked the opening. Um, I liked the dad. I there's um there are things there that. I do want to know more of. I want to know why mom's in the wheelchair. I want to know, um, more about the, the family more than I guess anything going on really in, in the present day or, um, or with sale. It, it's just, it's, um, I, part of, as I'm reading it, part of me was just wondering if, if, um, if they just ran out of, Ran out of paper. It's like out of when when you get to the end, and it's it's a cliffhanger. But it it just it didn't. uh, I didn't put it down thinking, man, I can't. I I need the next issue now. I need to know where 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 it's going with this. It just it 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 kind of ended for me a little on the flat side. But there were um, there were high points to the issue, um, primarily Jock. But no, there was. there's there's enough there to keep me interested, but I it it, it wasn't uh, a home run for me. And there's no peer pressure here. I didn't. <laughs> you know, there's no. You don't have to love everything. The one thing I'm is, curious about is that tattoo because they seem to feature that quite a bit. The, the, yeah. the dad's tattoo. It's well, and the whole thing with dad's uh, character being in the amusement park and everything. So there's yeah. there's definitely something going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I got from it. I, I thought that it was just um, him being proud of the the work that he did on that. Uh, or maybe until- Dad's amusement park story is is somewhat um, similar to Scott's walking in the woods story. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Well, leave it to Snyder. There's probably there's definitely a deeper meaning to that. Sure. We'll we'll see that soon. Um, yeah. And again, I, I go back to the the, the cover. And that, uh, it's, it's almost monochromatic, save for that splash of red. That, you know, that's gonna make people think something else too. Uh, that damn movie. And, and I hope not, because this is far better than that thing. A million times better. And I just, I just don't want people to under, to, to judge and say, nah, okay, it's another Blair Witch thing. Pick up the issue and read it and you will see that this is so far removed from that. It's, it's, it's like another planet. It's just entirely, but this is, this is vibrant, alive art. That other thing was, uh, exploitation and, you know, a one note thing to get people into movie theaters. It's totally different. I never realized you had such a, vehement disdain for Blair Witch to the point where you don't want to even mention it by name. I, I don't because it's, it's... It's not surprising. It's not only is, is was the movie trash mm-hmm. and extremely extremely boring mm-hmm. to begin with, like, but it, it spawned a gazillion copycats yeah. that have just slammed that format 
down our throats. Well, so, it's a commercial format. It's yeah. incredibly cheap to make and makes. Well, what's your what's your pick, Vince, as the resident horror aficionado of the best found footage film? Ah, uh, see, so you put me on the spot now. Yes, I am. The best. I don't know if best could be used. Really? With that. So you don't, I, I, see, I, I thought you, because I'm pretty sure the reason I watched a bunch of them is because you talked me into it. I I, I feel like I wasn't, I, like, I feel like you got me to watch, like, VHS and... Uh, um, I, I think the best one Paranormal is, Activity uh, and... The, uh, I think it's a, it's a Spanish film. It's called REC in brackets. Yeah, you record. Yeah. So you, that, you, you got that, me to watch that too. That is a great, in the great apartment film. building? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's quite I like good. that. There's a sequel too, which I watched. There's four of them. Is there really? Oh, I've only seen the first two. Yeah. And you got me to watch one, what was it called? The Cove or the Bay? What was it called? Uh, the Bay. I didn't, that one yeah, was I didn't. So good. That. No. What about no. the what? superhero one? What, Chronicle? Chronicle, yeah. I like that. I really like that. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. That I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, found footage can be done well. It's it's proven. There, I say, I like the them... I'm a sucker for the paranormal activities. That one where the, the you see right. the little kid getting pulled out of his crib. I mean, that freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, They're, but the, some of them are, are are enjoyable. But as a as a a genre, the the highs are really far removed from the lows, and there's a lot more lows. But I blame Blair, Blair Witch. Well, hey, you know, I say more power to them, though. I mean, they kind of invented the uh, the genre and made it, you know, arguably the the best return on a movie ever. Oh, sure, sure. And then they they shit the bed with the second yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that happens, you know. So yeah, um, witches number one witches. with a Y. Yeah, it sounds like we had a pretty fair. Like, I mean, it sounds like Vince give, would give it say a ten out of ten. Uh, it sounds like David maybe like a five. Uh, I'm probably more like a seven or an eight. I'd be right along with that seven or an eight. Yeah. Like I thought it was very strong. I didn't think it was perfect. Um, like you said, like, I, I don't, I didn't like it as much as I liked the first issue of Wicked and the Dead, just as an issue. Wicked and the Divine. But I'm definitely, what's that? Wicked and the Divine. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry. I'm, I'm, That's my title for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but I definitely enjoyed it quite a bit. And we, I, I kind of, uh, I could have wagered Vince before we connected when, uh, once he said, which is number one and, the way he was amped up about it. I mean, he posted shit on Facebook and it, he was giddy for it. So I'm like, oh, then I, I got it. Once right. I saw that you read it, I'm like, I, I got to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And before we grabbed you guys, I was like, I, I, I wonder, I says, I, I, I bet you Wicked and Divine is going to be brought up as a connection to, as, as to see where it falls in, in, uh, awesome first issues for Jason. Well, you, you, you do know us and love us, right? That's right. You know what they say? I'm and, a player, which I thought you knew like every other player in my crew. So that's what they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I got to be honest. Image is putting out so many books, so many number ones that I'm very, very hesitant to, to jump in because while they do produce stellar work, they can't all be great, right? Like I bought into Tooth and Claw, all, all the most recent number ones that they've solicited. Like I'm buying them all, mm-hmm. and I got I got fingers crossed. I'm hoping that they continue this. I'm sure they will, but the the odds, let's be honest, are against them. They, well, look, every book cannot be winners. We're in a unique, we are in a uniquely privileged position though with Image in that. Uh, I mean, we're not alone here, but I mean, relative, when I say unique, I mean, relative to the, uh, I guess the, the, the broader listenership, we get access to 
image books uh, right, right. early, you know, as a review, as part of being, uh, quote unquote, the media. And so we do get the advantage of sampling every first issue of every series with no no financial risk. And then if we like it, I think we then follow it by buying the issues and buying yeah, the trades. In theory, that, so. in theory, we do have the option to do that. But I've well, we all grown. Do, though. I mean, you, I, oh, you've been buying the single issues, but my point is, it's not like, I mean, we, just to be clear, we, we're, we're definitely, I think, very diligent. I, I mean, collectively, we buy lots of image yeah. paper, even though that even if we do get the digital <laughs> copies for free, so. For real, yeah, yeah. I will enjoy a book more if it's in my hands than if it's on my iPad. I, I've, I've proven it to do, myself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's really silly. There should be no difference. And there, there is, aside from the tactile, there is no difference, but. Well, one's smaller than the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm old, you know, and, and if I have the paper in my hand, chances are really good I'll, I'll, I'll find something to appreciate because this thing is physically in my possession. Whereas a digital thing, it's, it's uh, ephemeral. Well, it's, it's. On the iPad, the art's smaller. That's. It is. Component of, of- but I gotta zoom in because. I can't see all that well sometimes. So, you know, I'm old, like I said, and uh, I don't get a whole page to the the iPad when I read. Text is too small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, you guys see my reading glasses? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have freaking reading see, glasses. We can see them from here, Vince. <laughs> no, not Mario style. <laughs> all right. Here's the deal. And and uh, I am extremely happy to report this. I bought four issues today. I read four issues today, and I enjoyed all four issues Shocker. today. It it almost never happens. But I mean, we'll get to them. But I want to hear what you guys read. Uh, let's see. I um I don't know how much detail I can get into here because I think I'm probably jumping ahead of y'all. But I did catch up to being up to date in uh, both Manhattan projects and East of West. Ooh, I'm so behind on those, but I want to hear it. No, like I said, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because I, I, I know Dave is not caught up either, but, but, uh, but both continue to be supremely excellent, uh, works and, uh, so, so different. Um, I actually started over with Manhattan Projects. I, I started back from issue one nice. because it had been a while. And so I just kind of wanted to jump back in and they're so, uh, like a great movie um, or a novel that you reread, there, there, there were so many little nuances to the book that I hadn't remembered or picked up the first read through. Um, so many sight gags, you know, like uh, uh, we're, we're quickly introduced to Einstein uh, sitting in a locked room, staring at a portal, a, you know, a stone door, a portal for most of his of his days. And every now and then they they bring him out of the room to solve another another issue that they need help with. But if you look around the room, there's just ridiculous stuff that Nick Pitaro drew in there. I mean, there's there's like a rubber ducky, and there's like there's like a, a an Easter Island head, and there's just like crazy little sight gags that he has all throughout the book. Um, and and he puts so much added detail into the panels that are there for for no other reason than to just to be extra little moments of, 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 of happiness and, and visual treasure, you know, that don't necessarily, they're not requisite to the, to the story overall. They're just there to, to, to please. And, um, uh, and that book just, just continues and, and is a very sick, demented perspective on the world. Uh, so, so that was, I, I reread it up through, again, through the, the most recent issue. Um, offhand, I don't remember the number, but, uh, but east of west man i mean that's a book that 
really from the first issue, I thought was the, one of the best books in the stands. And I don't know why, but for some reason I had just fallen behind far more significantly than I expected. I think I hadn't read past issue number 12. So, um, death is an absolute badass. (laughs) And the, you know, the, the, the visual choreography that goes on in that book with the way that, uh, that Nick Dragota, um, draws death in his two sidekicks. They're just fantastic. I mean, the one that, you know, the one turns into wolves, the other turns into crows. And there's a scene where, um, they have to go on a quest to meet with the, uh, wolf, the wolf's character's, uh, father, who is essentially a Native American spirit god. And when they first meet him, he's in, he's manifesting in a, in a humanistic look. But they're at the point they're, they're geographically at the point on the earth where he has his most power. And so when he realizes that they're there to perhaps cause him harm, he manifests into, um, a Native American, uh, creature, a giant, almost sloth-like, half sloth, half bull type creature. And it's just wonderfully, it's just, I mean, the, 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 it's straight out of Dragota's mind. I mean, you've never seen a, at least I hadn't. I mean, I know Vince, you're a big kaiju guy, so maybe you've seen something like it before, but I'd never seen a creature like this before. And he just brings it to life, you know, and, uh, and, and the, the father's going to, to squash his son, and then, you know, the, 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 the son quickly turns into a, a pack of wolves and runs away, and then he goes to smash the, uh, the, the, the female sidekick, and she, you know, disperses into a murder of crows. It's just, Ah, the, just the the visual palette and and including the colors by Jordi Belair are just absurd there, and it's a very very detailed, nuanced, complicated book. Um, I would not begrudge anyone who said that they've tried the book and it's not quite for them because, um, as we said about Hickman in the past, he suffers no fools. You know, he 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 writes at a very adult level, and he expects you to follow along, and he's not apologetic about it. He doesn't recap things. And there are just a lot of complexities to the world that he's setting up there that, uh, that I think, I, I don't know if you're not, I, some books, you know, you can, you know that you're reading them and there may be a deeper meaning, so to speak, and you could perhaps choose not to bother with that and still be entertained. I don't think Hickman's like that. I think if you're not willing or interested in putting in the time to a book like East of West and really understanding the world building and the politics and the interrelationships, I, I'm not sure it would, it would be that entertaining. Right. Um, I don't know if you I would guys... say his Marvel stuff is probably more accessible than anything. Sure. Else. And that would make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know if you guys how far, but you've read enough of East of West. I mean, I feel that way about East of West. I feel like if you're not really willing to think about the, messages he's sending about class and politics and geopolitical uh, uh, relations and religion, if you're not kind of willing to think about the messages there, I'm not sure it's entertaining on the surface without that. With it, I think it's fantastic, but with without that commitment to that subtext, I don't know if, if, it's, um, if it's a successfully entertaining book. What do you guys think about that? I would agree with that. It's, it's not a... Um... I mean, you can look at the pictures and, and think that Nick is doing phenomenal work and, and it is, it's absolutely easy on the eyes. The character designs, the way everything plays out on the page. It's a gorgeous book, but it's not, even though it may not be dense with text, it's not light reading. It's not something that you're going to quickly read 
It's not something you're going to quickly read and not think about or, or not uh, just like, oh, okay, so that was the latest issue of East of West. Let me go read Incredible Hulk now. It, it's not a uh, – it, it's like it, – like you say, he doesn't suffer any fools, so it's not it's not going to pat you on the head and go, okay, thanks for reading, and, mm-hmm. and you know we'll see you next month. It's there's uh it, it's it, I'd say it's like one of those one of those shows that rewards you for for watching when when you pay attention and something plays out later on. It it's like that in a comic book where where right. you uh, you're you're just you're not along for the ride. You are an active participant because you you do. You should pay attention. Not that you have to pay attention, but you, you really, it, it, it's, it's an event without the tie-ins where we say, oh, if you read that, you'd get more out of it. You, you'd really be able to follow Infinite Crisis if you read all the crossovers. If you didn't just read the main book, you'd get more out of it. But this was, everything is on these pages, but it's better if you pay attention. Yeah, and and I think when people, if people say, "What's the book about?" It's it's not exactly a book that lends itself to an elevator pitch. I mean, on, on one hand, it's a dystopian future. I mean, it's a book about that. Um, it's an alternative universe book because this is it. This is Earth, and at some point, we're made clear that that it's 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 similar to our Earth. It's just that that at some point in I think what the 1800s, the the timeline diverges, and so as a result, during the Civil War, the uh, you know the uh, the the like the, uh, the the glory troops that you know the 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 black conscript the conscripted soldiers end up being so valuable in the battle that they end up um, taking control of uh, a big part of the Gulf of Mexico as as their reward for the, all the back pay that they're due and then they end up becoming as uh, as we get into this future because they discover the oil there they become the wealthiest uh, people in the world so they're they're the wealthy nation and they're in total control because they control natural resources the native americans are are a, the most technologically advanced society and uh and and still believe in this this quasi mix of really high tech almost wakandan style stuff but mixed with with this deeply rooted native american god culture and magic um you've got the the conventional city state which is uh, impoverished and very much a class warfare where you've got the vast majority of the civilization is in abject poverty and then you've got the 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 one percenters if you will that are vying to stay in power and to uh to to maintain order by any means necessary and then on top of all the 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 main story is essentially about the four horsemen of the apocalypse and and the coming of the apocalypse that's kind of been thrown out because death has gone rogue because he fell in love with who is now the leader of the China part of the of, the, of what would be China in our world, uh, and they had a child who you're left wondering is the child is the child apocalypse is the child they call the child the great beast so who is the child exactly and then on top of that there's all these interconnectivity you've got these Texas Rangers who are fantastic who are corrupt. But have now um, the remaining two Texas Rangers have decided they've had a bit of an epiphany, and so now they're going around like vigilantes trying to avenge all of these key players in the uh, in the corruption of this of this quasi-religious apocalyptic cycle that everyone believes in. It's just uh, there's just a lot to it, but none of it feels superfluous to me. Um, none of it feels forced, and I think they're all very interesting characters, both both visually and from a plot perspective. So I just I love the book to death. I think I think they are two. Having caught up with both of them, it it they're so different from one another, and it's just 
uh, it reinforces uh, my long-held view that uh, Hickman should be on the shortlist, on anyone's shortlist for the best writers in the business these days. Crickets. I have to agree, have to agree with that. Right. I, I wouldn't just say these days. I, if you put to, together a list of the all-time greats after Alan Moore, uh, Hickman would be really close to the top. Yeah. yeah He's I mean, everything he can to keep his name up there. That's true. I mean, it's still, he, he could probably, I don't want, he, he can't necessarily whiff for the rest of his career, but I mean, he has, he's, he's done a lot in the, has it, has it been a decade? How long has he been writing, drawing comics? It, it's, I don't think so. I think, um, yeah, it, Nightly think, News uh, is the first thing. That, yeah, Nightly News was his first thing, and that was what, maybe seven years ago? Right. But, like right but when we were first at, doing the show. He hasn't been doing it very long, but he is extremely prolific. Exactly, right. Right, and when you stack up all the projects, look at the complexity of what he's doing at Marvel alone. Yeah. I, I I would not hesitate to list him among the, the very best writers in a heartbeat. Yeah. And and to, to put out so much and the majority of it is so good, that's difficult. That Like you said, the law of averages, you got to put out a stinker. Um, yeah, maybe there's some books like, um, uh, what was it, the Red, um, oh, Red Mask oh, Mars? Yeah, right, that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they eked out and, and interest waned after a while. But going back and reading, there's really nothing uh, to gripe about with those books. They're all of a certain mm-hmm. caliber. Well, really I, I, know, I know probably of, of all of his books, I think the one that probably um, received the least critical acclaim was Transhuman. Now I enjoyed it quite a bit because I'm in that world. I, I'm, as you guys, well, you guys know, I'm a portfolio manager and I invest in, in companies. And it was a very, very satirical, but, but, um, but, uh, specific take on, um, the world of, of, of capital markets and, and genetic, uh, and human manipulation. So it was a, I think a very acerbic look at, um, at, at, uh, at, Science and and when commerciality meets science, I, again I enjoyed it for what it was because it's the world that I live in. But I I don't think that was as, as universally loved um, as some of his other work. But again, that's that's a, a small price to pay for the obscene amount of quality we get from him on a regular basis. Right. When you just think about it, how many writers have an east of west in them? Now compound that with how many writers have an east of west and a Manhattan Projects. And the Fantastic Four, and the masterwork he's doing with the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, by the way, let's not forget, in, at least from my view, and I think you guys agree, he is the writer behind one of the only successfully executed events in recent oh, years wow. with Infinity. Yeah. Infinity. Right. And and to be fair, uh, if we if we're not going to, but if we were to list the events of the last five six years, most have been written by people that I think very highly of, and I think most have whiffed. In, in, in spite of the fact that they're written by excellent writers, and yet he managed to deliver a very, very entertaining uh, event that had a, for once, an actual conclusion. Right. Stuff He's got so got many ideas mm-hmm. that he got the ball rolling over at Avatar with God is Dead, and the, the, the concept is so rich that he just started the series off, let somebody else take the reins. And it's, I'm, I mean, for what it's worth, I think the series is great. Do you but, up Pax I mean, Romana? Yeah. Pax Romano was amazing. 
Yes, it was. Yes, it was. But that's what I'm saying. All these works from the same guy to, to not call him, call him one of the, one of the all time greats is, I think, doing him a disservice, really. Have you got, you know, I haven't Shield. read much of his ultimate comic stuff. It's very good. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. God bless him. May he continue for eons. Mm-hmm. Going you- back to the complexity of, um, East of West, I can totally concur because when I read the first trade, my I was very distracted and I don't really remember a great deal of it. Right. It didn't really have a chance to sink in because it was so much on the page. All I remember is Dragata looks very good on him. Oh, he looks yeah, amazing. Cool. Dragata did some commit. He works digitally, much to my chagrin, but yeah. he did a few commissions in advance of New York Comic Con that he posted on the Facebooks, and uh, it just hurts my heart that I didn't buy one because they're un- unheard of. <laughs> he does beautiful stuff. It's, it's absurd. So yeah, and there you go. And, and I, at some point, I think we'll need to talk about here, especially because of the big event that's coming up. I mean, I'm I'm current now. Again, I also got current this week on on the Hickman Avengers stuff. So I don't know where you guys are on that, but but uh, it's also awesome. It's just amazing stuff. So much to read. I uh, actually, as of this afternoon, I am current on Remender's Uncanny Avengers. Okay. Um, the, uh, let's see, the Hickman stuff, what was the last, oh no, 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 it, because that was, um, it was, uh, it had the original Sin cover treatment, so no, I, I am, I'm an issue or two behind on, on Avengers, and New Avengers, shoot, what was the last one I read? It was, um, it may have been the last issue that came out, but, um, it's it's all been fantastic stuff. I I am a uh, I am a huge fan of of Vickman's Avenger stuff, and it, it's it started off, and that, and that's something else where you know they were the early issues were Tony and Steve talking about needing a a yep. uh, an Avengers team that isn't your traditional. Uh, we're just going to throw. Some heroes together. Here's Black Knight. Here's Hercules. Here's She-Hulk. I mean, you have we we pulled. He pulled in New Mutants. You had Cannonball and Sunspot as Avengers, and uh, and and the reintroduction um, for real and for serious with uh, the New Universe stuff. It was um, it rocked my world. It was everything that I yep. wanted in an Avengers book, and that's not. I, I enjoyed the bulk. Of the Bendis stuff, but it was, it was time for the Avengers to, to be Marvel's, not first family, but the premier superhero team in this universe. And, and for a long time, they were a, a street level team. And that, that's not the Avengers to me. Right. Well, that's, it goes back to George Clinton. The bigger the headache, the bigger the pill, right? We have these threats that are coming down the pipe that are massive world um threatening events we need a bigger avengers that was the fulcrum mm-hmm. for Hick- hickman's entire avengers yep. run and it's it's it may seem obvious now but there's a master plan at work and it's been going on for years this is not just mm-hmm. you know a, an arc here an arc there he's been working this story for a long time and also you think about the, the the i'm sorry david go ahead no 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 go ahead i was just saying if you think about the the way that uh He's done this time travel story, right, where they're jumping into these uh, almost exponentially fa- further in time. 
that that's again that's a fairly complex subject matter because it's sure we we've had plenty of time travel stories uh i mean lords know kang and yeah i mean one of the avengers biggest villains of all time is is uses time as his as his weapon and, and asset but but this is i mean they're you know he's taking these people into these futures that are just literally different in almost every conceivable way from our our reality right um and and, and there's a an a respectable amount of creativity that goes into that and and I read stuff like that, or I read what Morrison does over with something like Multiversity, and it does remind you that for all of the trappings of the of the quote unquote corporate comic and the big two, and and all of the 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 comments you'll hear from people about how well you can't create new characters, and well, how creative can you really be? Because at the end of the day, you got to put these characters all back to where you found them. It, that is. There's some truth to it, but it's also a bit of a crutch, right? Because when a when a, a talented writer gets together with a talented artist and he has uh, – they have – not he, I should say, but he or she. They have motivation, great things, and, and things we haven't read in spite of having read comics for 40 years can occur, and they, and they do frequently occur. Right. You know, people like to talk about um – the textbook Marvel method for producing movies. Mm-hmm. I, I think when all is said and done, people are going to look at Hickman's approach to the Avengers as the textbook way to produce a sweeping epic in installments that maintains a high level of reader interest, excitement, and, you know, it comes to what I'm going to assume is a fitting conclusion. I mean, his, his story is huge and it just doesn't trail through one book. I mean, he's what, three books? Mm-hmm. Three Avengers books? It, it started with the Black Swan and this, this, um, you know, multiversal threat that's demolishing these earths and it's spread over into X Nihilo. It's like when we saw that, we're like, what in the hell yeah. is he doing? But it, it makes sense. When, when, when the, the, the picture writ large, it, it all comes together and it makes sense. And that, you can't just say, well, yeah, do that. Well, yeah, if, if anyone could just do it, it, it would be commonplace, but it's not. It's exceptional. Mm-hmm. And they're really setting up, and one could argue this is something that's been in motion since Civil War, but they are setting up Tony to be a, and arguably the, the, the number one villain in the universe. Um, not a bad thing. Not a bad <laughs> I thing. knew you'd like that, but. Of course. But, uh, that, and that could have gone the wrong way because again, it, this isn't the first time we've seen Tony be on the wrong end of things from an ideological standpoint. But, uh, he's making it feel like rather than just, oh, we've seen this before. He's making it feel to me like it's a, um, an iterative incremental process. And now we're finally yeah. reaching the culmination where, um, everybody's done pretending that he's not a villain, including himself. Right. You know, right. He, well, I mean, it's in the it's the core of the character is is hubris mm-hmm. and air and arrogance and um, I mean he's not changing Tony at all and it, let's be honest anybody could be in the Iron Man uh, armor sure. it's 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 the tone the character of Tony Stark is so special because he he's very vain he's you know I'm the the smartest and most attractive man in the room in any room. That's how he is, and so it just—it's a logical conclusion to make him say, "I'm going to act on this. If I'm all that, I'm just going to do what I want, take what I want, be what I want." And that's not going to—it's totally different from the Steve Rogers approach, where he is the definition of altruism. Right, right, right. Absolutely. It just—it—it just works. It's so damn smart. It is. Hickman for the win, dog. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Roland. Yes. What you got? Uh, He's so cute. He's got a stack was... of comics here. <laughs> I remember I was... my first episode. I was going to interject actually, just and talk about Axis Number One. Oh snap! Oh, you could do that because you're all talking about how Tony was. Don't spoil being... shit, though. Yeah, I could just do a Vincent go right. page by page, panel by panel. Hilarious! Why did we have him on yeah, again? Hilarious! That's funny. <laughs> this is not a roast, buddy. That's a roast. <laughs> uh, because yeah, you're talking about Tony being set up as a villain. I'd say that it gets walked back a little bit in this issue. Basically, I would say, uh, his, there's fault. Tony has, uh, some fault attributed to him towards the end of the issue, but it's more played as a victim than him being set up as the arch. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so he's definitely at fault, but there's definitely no deliberate play for, uh, at least in this first issue, in this first issue, it's played. He's played as a victim. So, now what's your take on that? Do you think that that rings true? Uh, well, I'd say that they've been kind of doing it for a while now. You know, ever since he had his mind wiped and all everything to go along with that, they've sort of had had him set up as a bit of a victim. Um, obviously, him doing it to himself, he's a victim of his own. Victim of his own arrogance, I suppose, at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, so, yes, I'd say, I mean, it rings true in the issue. Basically, I'm reading the issue and everything that they do in the issue reads true. Um, I guess my only problem is I don't think I've been reading Marvel comics very closely because everyone's wearing costumes and I don't recognize. Like the, the Cyclops costumes, different, uh, yeah. Is it the uh, new X Men or the all new X Men Cyclops with, costume with the, or with the red X on his face? The red X on his face, yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's uncanny. That's uncanny X Men. That was that, that's post Avengers versus X Men Cyclops. Yeah, yeah, I had not seen that. I think the last time I saw Cyclops, he was in space with his dad. That's a different Cyclops. That, yeah, that's yeah, the that's Cyclops. the other Cyclops. Yeah, that's the original Cyclops yeah. brought to the future. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there you go. I didn't even notice that. They are so smart that they're tying all these books together. It's even spilling over into Amazing Spider-Man. Let's go on the record here. Uh, we've got Axis, and then we've got the future event that's coming next year. Just a quick yes or no. Will it be a Marvel-wide reboot? I say yes. Hmm. I don't know. Marvel's, uh, aside from Heroes Reborn... Marvel is extremely reluctant to jettison everything. The, the, so you the say no. I say no. I say David. no. I say no. Roland. I say no as well. Oh, nice! I'm the only one that's right. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> we should have bet on it. They, they they may do something where um, memory is collective memory is lost, so they can undo it. But I I would be really surprised if they just say ding reboot. And I think for we're, whatever we're, reason we're we're past the time with we're we're well past the the day of when we could say oh well they just had another first issue or they would never 
relaunch Action Comics with a new number one. And <laughs> I mean, we, we could say, I mean, I could say, no, they're not going to do that because they're not going to include Spider-Man in a line-wide reboot. They just retconned him back again and, and it got a first issue and, and there's this Spider-Verse event. And so I don't, but, but it's not because of the number of, on the issue cover, but it, it's still just, I don't, I think they could reboot some, but I don't think that, uh, I, I, I don't think they'll do it in a 52. I don't see it being line wide. Yeah, I, I've grown to, and Roland will completely understand this. I've grown to call the new 52 the whiz kids dilemma. I'm because, yes, because, uh, here's the deal. I played Mech Warrior, which was a collectible miniatures game yep. for years. The pieces were not cheap, and they were, to, on top of it, they were blind boxed. You did not know what oh, you were going to get. You, op- you opened up the booster, you may get something worth playing, you may get crap. So I amassed a fairly large collection of these playing pieces, which I would take to tournaments and play in tournaments and have a great time. Then they decided to change the rules. All of the the thousands of dollars I invested into this game with these pieces were now useless. I couldn't play them in tournaments. Yeah, you can play them at home for fun, but if you wanted to compete, uh, you know, in, in the in the weekly or monthly tournaments, you couldn't use those old pieces. That's what DC did. They rebooted everything. Now all that old stuff you enjoyed and and utilized for so long was now useless. That's well, crazy. You could, you could cable your Batman if you real if you wanted. Well, yeah, your Green Lantern and your Batman, you can use, and they did the same thing with Hero Clicks. They changed the rules, all the old pieces, can't use them anymore. That's what DC did with the new 52, and it was exciting initially until you remembered, hey, all that stuff we loved is now gone. And they had the same cast of creators as well. Yep. So you were so, getting the same uh, stuff that they were doing before the reboot. I don't think Marvel, especially coming off this 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 masterpiece that Hickman is contriving with the Avengers. I don't think they're going to be very. Um, it's going to be likely that they'll just jettison that for new number ones. They do new number ones anyway. Yeah, you know, I'm not talking yeah. about new number ones. I'm talking about a, a reboot, right? Nah, I I hope you're wrong. I, oh, I hope I'm wrong too. Time. I hope you're wrong. I hope I'm wrong too. Don't get me. I mean, I'm not rooting for it. I wouldn't we be sh- surprised if they become a little bit more cavalier with the property. So start doing a little bit more interesting things because I don't know impact of people going to see movies has on number of books sold. I would imagine it's not a great deal. So they might look at the books as a place to experiment with new ideas a bit more. Yeah. So line-wide reboots is probably a step too far for that because they've seen the effect of it on the DC books. We've seen Marvel. They're they're very willing to to create books just to increase Marvel's presence on the stand. Mm-hmm. So they're going to try a bunch of stuff, and and I I don't blame them. When you're the king, you do what you want. Yeah, and agreed. they they know people are going to buy this. And just to put a cap on that that whiz kids analogy, when they changed the rules, the sales went into the toilet. Yep, because they pissed off a whole bunch of people. Well, it makes sense. I mean, in that context, that's got to be highly frustrating. Very frustrating. Yeah. They do that with, I don't know if they do it with magic, they do that with Pokemon. They do it with magic, like they cycle cards out and they add rules. Right. But, but you can 
there is a format for those old cards that you can still use. Them right. Well, I guess that's what they do with Pokemon as well. But but for the, if you do want to play in the tournaments, I guess the sanctioned stuff though, it often is that you have yeah. to discard cards that you've used in the past and such. You got to keep buying. That's the, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's the thing in any any kind of entertainment industry these days. You got to keep buying. Gots to do what you gots to do. Got to catch. Yeah. What do y'all think of the uh, ever increasing rumor that? Disney is close to getting the right, the film rights back of Spider-Man. I think that would be cool. Um, sans another reboot. I, I don't want to see another origin story or, you know, a ground floor Peter Parker again. I want to see a reboot without the origin story. Just ignore uh, amazing one and two. Integrate Spider-Man into the Marvel U and keep going. I, yeah, I think that's cool. what they, that, I mean, again, I think this is all very early stage, but at least from what I was reading in some of the trades about it, that would be the plan. It would be to just insert Spider-Man in with a, uh, perhaps it's just a very quick 10 minute nod to his origin and who he is, but then just as though he's just another character. Kind of like what they did with some of the characters in the Avengers, like the Hulk. They just kind of told you a bit about him for a few minutes and then you're off. Yeah. So. Well, the, what, well, how long does the it trick- take to say Uncle Ben died? My fault. Seriously. Right, now, I'm, now I'm a hero. Yeah. Let's go. Kingdom Especially power, great responsibility. Yes. Yeah. yeah. With the trend of longer movies, um, it, it would amount to probably ten minutes of screen time, if that. Exactly. So why why not? I got a bunch of little quick lightning round books. You quick? What? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Everyone, it's going to be another three hours. Relatively quick. Damn, Roland is bringing the 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 satire tonight. Hey, we need it. We need it. Um, I bought two books today. No, I thought you bought so, four. I did, but the two, I'm focusing on two. I almost never do this. I will, I, I usually am very reluctant to buy a book based on the cover. And I bought two books today solely based on the merits of the covers. Okay. The uh, first one was uh, published by Dark Horse. It was written by Dwayne Swazinski. That's your boy. Illustrated by Eric Wen. That's your boy. Um, and the cover in question was done by it was one of those deals remember in the cartoons when whenever uh, something would entice a character and that wispy hand would come out with the fingers and go hey little boy over here that's what that was me when i saw the book on the stands i was powerless this finger just came out grabbed me by the i had to buy it the cover was done by freddie williams the third it is amazing it's x number 18 i have not bought any, I read the first trade. I have not bought any of the X uh, series. I liked what I read, but I, I, for whatever reason, I, I didn't jump on the singles. Um, and when I saw this cover, I had to have it. Regardless of the fact that it's part two of a story, I don't have part one. But anyway, I bought it anyway. You need to see this cover. It, uh, X is strapped to a table, and there's this character called... Mr. Hyde, and he's a um, he's a surgeon, cosmetic surgeon, and he's got X on the table, and it, it, the the dude has a boar mask with the tusks and everything, these huge eye goggles, and he's all patchworked out like his his it, there's there's pieces that are sewn on this mask. It's really disturbing, and he's got a scalpel resting right on X's pupil. Mm. It's like an, an injury to the eye motif cover. It is amazing, and. Freddie Williams is getting Corbin-esque color manipulation. That's some big doing. I mean, this color is gorgeous. 
You got to see it. Google it if you if you if you have to. X number eighteen. Mm-hmm. It's an m- amazing cover. And I figured I bought the damn thing. I might as well read it, right? If if you're familiar with the Comics Greatest World books that uh, Dark Horse tried, ooh, when was that, David? Ninety three, ninety four. It was. Yeah, it was. It was uh, shortly. It was around image. Yeah, they were all a buck, and there was characters like Barbed Wire. They were also and only X- like 16 pages. Yeah, and King Tiger. Right, and uh, it was a lot of fun, but they're, they're, they're doing, they're taking another stab at that universe, and they're calling it Pl- Project Black Sky, and this X is, is part of that, and, uh, he's a vigilante, um, a brutal vigilante. He makes Miller's Dark Knight Returns Batman look like the Aquarian. By comparison, it's it, brutal as hell, and and he seems to have some kind of regenerative, regenerative abilities because this this crazy Bible quoting Doctor Hyde, he's cutting skin off X's face, like he 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 cuts he carves an X in his face. So he's, fl- he's the, flaying you know, skin off of him. You're saying he's flaying it right off his his face, and uh, no anesthesia, and uh, he's doing experiments on it because the the skin has some kind of Regenerative, regenerative ability, like he can't burn it, he throws acid on it, doesn't do anything, he, he freezes it, nothing, and this guy's a cosmetic surgeon. So he, he wants to apply whatever X has going with this, with his physiology to his patients to be like the world's most renowned cosmetic surgeon. So he's flaying the skin off his face and he's working his way down. Like he gets his chest all peeled off his arms and X is like screaming, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to kill you. Ah, He's on the table. And, uh, so, and it just plays out, but it is brutal as, as hell. The cover, I, you could have paid, you could have bet me, hundred thousand dollars and i wouldn't have guessed in 10 guesses that, that was freddie williams i love Fre- i mean w- from um captain adam i you know me i love that new 50 this is captain a much Ad- different look though than the freddie williams i'm used to right well it's not as loose as captain adam for sure it's much more photorealistic uh, i wouldn't i don't think i'd use that oh, i think the yeah i think the yeah, colors the colors more that. modeled nah there's nothing photorealistic about it's that. not no he's not saying it's, it's it's not as cartoony as, right. yeah, as Freddy is used okay. to. Okay, I agree with that. I mean, you You're right. And old Captain Adam and 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 anything that Freddy would draw, you would never Robin. Really I think see. I think of Freddy. I think of Robin. Okay, but you would never see the mouth through the mask on a regular Freddy Williams. Exactly. Page, I think. Exactly. Right. Right. The the Captain Adam stuff is decidedly European. In tone, right. it, it looks very European. This is, yeah, it's this is it's the cover more, to heavy metal. It's right. It's it's an intense rendering, but I still think there are elements of of uh, um, expression Look, in no, it. It's, I don't, it's, I don't, it's, it's not, not, not airbrush. Yeah, this shit. is this yeah. is gorgeous, and, and I'm, I'm oh, not, yeah. and I, I'm a fan of Freddie's the style. I, I normally think of him as, and I'm a fan of this this cover. I'm just saying that this cover is a substantive departure from what I normally think of as Freddy. And and to be fair, I haven't read, since he's been a, a DC exclusive artist for most of his career, I haven't read a lot of his stuff in the last few years um, versus the stuff from a few years before that um, that I was reading. So I maybe this has been a steady progression to this style. Um, but uh, but yeah, it does seem quite startling, startlingly different than my mental picture. Of it. 
Yeah. But yeah. it's it's a great cover. It's, yeah, it is. It's exactly. It's frightening. I mean, to see this dude with the it's like a, a gas mask helmet that's sewed up <laughs> with tusks coming out of it. It's gross. And his henchmen seem to be modified because there's there's one uh passage where they get the jump on X and they're beating the crap out of him and he and he just manages to kick one of the balls mm-hmm. and it doesn't affect the guy at all. He's like I I have no feeling down there. So nice try, buddy. And th- so they take him into Hyde's lair and proceeds to cut him apart. Mm-hmm. But they they all have pig masks on. It's it's a really strange, bizarre, surreal, brutal book. And I had to laugh because the violence is amped up. It's a really violent book, but they will not use the F word. They fall short. Like the, the language they use the, the, the squiggles and the, you know, the ampersand to, to, stuff. right. And, uh, it's, it's like, yeah, you'll, you'll show a guy getting, you know, cut to pieces, but you can't swear. <laughs> Welcome to so, America. Yeah. It's a, it, I added it to my, to my poll list. And so covers do work because of Freddie doing the, the cover. It got me to try the book, which, I enjoyed it very much, so I added it to my list. There you go. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool, and that was definitely totally off my periphery. And uh, nobody knows who – well, very few people know who X is. It's a mystery uh, because he – and he's strapped to the table for four weeks – because he's there for so long, crime starts to inch up, and it's it's like a Batman scenario, you know. Uh, if you're familiar with with Gotham and and those characters, you will fit right into uh, this uh, Arcadia and the X character. It's good stuff. Mm. Good stuff. Yeah. Nice. So uh, I'll do more after y'all speak your piece. Well, yeah, that that was quite the lightning round. It was very quick. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm cracking up. Uh, Facebook, uh, Rob Liefeld said, uh, to all Deadpool cosplayers, I am your Ralph Lauren, your Oscar de la Renta. Let's get lots of pictures in New York Comic Con together. Can't wait to see your wonderful costumes. It's <laughs> uh, funny. Go ahead, David. Sorry. Uh, I am caught up on Grayson. Very oh, nice. Mr. Yeah. Tom King. Mr. Tim uh, Seeley. It's, um, it, it's a gorgeous looking book it, it's another one where uh i can't uh it's a good marriage of of the words and pictures i i i so enjoy it when uh i can read a comic and and also stare at the uh the pages for a while but the the um there's still sort of kind of um Done in one stories and and sorry the the artist by uh, um, Kel Janin. Yes, I, I was about to say Michael. Uh, it um, it's still Dick Grayson uh, working for uh, this organization, and they are after other beings, other 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 meta humans uh they're after organs specifically but it's uh there's definitely an, an ongoing or an underlying uh plot line but you could still get a complete story in in each of the uh the first three issues and he uh things look like they're going to get a little uncomfortable for uh for dick because <laughs> outgoing, uh, an outgoing transmission was, uh, detected and, 
Bruce's former ward has been sending uh, messages to to Batman as far as what this uh, what this organization organization is about and what what they're doing, what he's been doing, and he tries to do the uh, the right thing and doesn't always doesn't always work out in his favor. But he he's definitely this is very much like the uh, the Dick Grayson that I read back when uh, Marv Wolfman was writing Robin in the New Teen Titans. It, it's not so much... Oh, that's huge praise, buddy. Well, uh, just because he's he uh, he references his time in the circus so often, but just, just the, the... He's not so stiff because he's not the team leader. He's not... Uh, he's, he's, he doesn't seem so... He doesn't have a stick up his ass like he did back then, but it's not... Um, it just reminds me of that character more so than say uh the the long running nightwing series did um, or really any anything around that that time like it it's just i read this and i'm reminded of of that character what what i one of the reasons why i enjoyed the new teen titans was was because of robin i i I think that uh, if I had to grade or rank uh, the Robins, Dick would probably be um, as much as I love Tim Drake, and 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 I I think that he he really made that character um, so much so that you know you can't really think of anybody else being Robin. Other than Tim Drake, kind of like you know the way Wally is so many people's Flash, um, but because whether whether you want to say it's because of, of the TV show or Super Friends or, or who was Robin when you first started reading, um, but mostly because of the New Teen Titans, I I think of when I still think of Robin, I still think of uh, the Dick Grayson version, but the uh, it, it it it's a beautiful looking book. The story is it it's. It moves along at a pretty good clip, and and I don't, you know, I, I don't finish an issue feeling like you know I I didn't get anything out of it. I, I really do like this direction. It doesn't, you know, it's not uh, it's not so steeped in the rest of what's going on with the New Fifty Two. I don't need to know what's going on with Superman or with the Teen Titans or any other. DC book. I can just read this, and I really do appreciate that. And and knowing that uh, it's it's a character who I'm so familiar with, sort of, but in a different setting, um, in in stories that I wouldn't expect this character to be in, and and wouldn't be in back when I was. There we go. Oh my goodness! First reading this character, it uh, it was. Um, <laughs> Very entertaining. It's rude, man. He's from Poor Australia. David. What can you do? <laughs> this is why we don't have guests. I am compelled. <laughs> I am compelled again to read this Grayson thing. I'm. I'm just going to hold back until that first trade comes out, dude. You well, can't hold DC back when book, it's a Tom bro. King book. We need to sell those units. Yeah. And, and I, I know. Book. When are you going to get the trade? You, I know. You just got done saying. <laughs> I, you just got done saying how addicted you are to single issues, and and then you and then you're. You're trying to pawn it off like you're not reading this because you're waiting for the trade in 2017. It's true. I should jump on Fucked that. Up. 
I know, but I'm. I'm you just I'm, hate spy books. I'm. I don't hate spy. But I hate uh, the spy books. Soldier. Yeah, I had. I had. Shut up. I had a laugh. That one uh, sequence they put on. I think it was Bleeding Cool, where the whoever Dick is with the woman, they have her. What I assume to be in the midst of of coitus, and she's screaming, "Dick!" Yeah, it's a splash page of the third issue. Yeah, and then the next panel, you see them. You know, post coitus. Post coitus is very very funny. Coitus. Good old Dick. Who doesn't love Dick? Coitus, baby, baby. <laughs> Uh, who else wants to take a stab at something? Dude, here? you have another quick hit. All right. In air quotes. I have made. <laughs> I, I have made my position on uh, Dynamite's take on Vampirella very clear. But I relaxed my uh, my standards for Mister Art Adams, who did the cover. One of the covers. Such an easy mark, dude. For Art Adams, yeah, I am. When Art Adams drawing one of my favorite female characters, yeah, I'm gonna buy it. Um, so I bought Vampirella Fury Tales number one. Yes, I said Fury Tales number one. Now I haven't been reading the uh, the ongoing Vampirella, the relaunch. I guess Nancy Collins is writing it, um, but they they get you up to speed in this really quickly. She fought and destroyed her half-brother, Drago, who just happened to be the king of the Nosferatu. And because um, of her victory, she reaps the spoils. Uh, his title and all his possessions are now hers. So Vampirella is the queen of the Nosferatu. And she's also um, in possession of his manservant, Coleridge. And he guides her through the castle and he's showing her around. And they get to the library and this is this huge voluminous library and there's all these books around she sees one that says fairy tales and it's uh, he was uh drago was researching her in order to beat her uh obviously it didn't work out but when she touches the book she sucked into its pages so the camp value of this book is extremely high it's an anthology and Nancy Collins plays up the alliteration. There's these spooky, cheeky word puns like Elvira would throw around and, you know, Forrest J. Ackerman, which is appropriate because Ackerman did create Vampirella. So to do the word puns, it makes sense. Uh, there's no separation between the author and the art. Vampirella talks to the narrator. The narrator talks to Vampirella, you know, making puns and Vampirella gets pissed off because the narrator's making puns at her. I should hate this book, but I didn't. I thought it was really fun. It, it, like I said, anthology format in the first story, Vampirella finds herself married to this hulking dude with a blue Cthulhu beard with these tendrils that are of hair like that snake out. He gives her a ring of keys and he says, I got to go look around the castle all you want. Open any door except the one that is opened by that gold key. And what do you think happens? Okay. In the second story, she's put in this Cinderella type situation where she's got this pair of disgusting stepsisters. They slap this sorceress collar of slavery on her and she's forced to do their bidding until the story takes a turn it was just fun and i gotta say the art miles ahead of what we've seen from dynamite concerning vampirella it was really good there's some panels that even have a pablo marcos vibe to him which is not a bad thing i want to see who did this let me get my book here 
Um, we got Jack Jadson, Ronaldson Frere. I haven't heard of any of these guys. Elmo Bondock. And it's all, I mean, I'm not saying it's Warren level Vampirella, but it's a lot better than, than we've seen from Dynamite today. Is it Daryl Taylor, uh, photo op Vampirella level good? No, but she's cute like that Vampirella cosplayer. She, they, they draw Vampirella. She's, um, they don't um, bloat the the boobage like she's not mm-hmm. a, a big titty queen. She's proportioned like Vampirella should be proportioned. She's not a, B- a BTQ. No, athletic. She's got a relatively thin waist. She's got not a huge booty. I mean, it's it's a tasteful representation of Vampirella for what can be construed as a TNA book. I mean, you look at Vampirella; it's a TNA book, right? But it's not gratuitous TNA. Can I just say how much I I I don't. I find books, and I don't know if Vampirella is like this, but it sounds like it is from your description. But like Bomb Queen, and and where where, where you you get the tease, but you never get the payoff. You can't have that. You know, you don't want the payoff no, with do. Vampirella. You never. Dude, that's why I got ne- tired of Empowered. I I loved Empowered at first, but then I was like, <laughs> at some point I need to no. see her butt naked getting pounded. No, Gonzalez slipped up once and drew Vampirella topless. In the Warren magazine, and it totally fell flat. You cannot show yeah, that. I need her getting pounded. I need her getting no, plowed no, upside down, left and right. No, no, she's not. I need her on the Eiffel Tower between Frankenstein's monster and Dracula. I need the living mummy to finger popper. I need all of it. No, you don't do that to Vampirella. I need no, the, the Vampirella no. cherry pop tart crossover. No, that's foul, dude. It's no, not going to happen. No, I need it. It's with Wendy Wright. Vampirella is all in the sizzle. You never, never, ever sell. Yeah, I'm more of a steak kind of guy. No, no, it doesn't. The costume alone. I want to open up a Vampirella, Vampirella comic and the first page being a splash page of her love button. No, it's all about the. It, it's about the mystique and the dream and the and the and the what's under there. You you're never supposed all to see. What I know what's under guy? there. All, what? all of this coming from the crust guy. Yes, because that's where my line is drawn with Vampirella. I you you so flesh cod pieces good, but 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 a a punani bad. I hold Vampirella in very very high esteem. Um, and I'm with the Vampirella because it's always been that way. But like, I really didn't like Bomb Queen for that same reason. Well, there's there was nudity in Bomb Queen. There's but there's no sex. Yeah, there's no explicit stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know but, who else is uh, like that? I mean, which I guess I make an exception for Steve Mannion stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all tease. Yeah, um, there's there's only one woman in existence that ever lived up to the mystique when she dropped all the clothes, and that's Betty Page. Okay. E- everything else to me was a letdown. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I could give you a list of about eight thousand women that I think have lived up to the hype. They've dropped uh, the clothes, but okay. Yeah, I just, I just like. I love the, the, the I love the, the, the. See, call me crazy. I, I like the idea of looking at nude women. That I'm no wacky. That's wacky. No, I, 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 I do so too, crazy. Mr. Mr. Facetious. But um, I, for for Vampirella, it's all about the allure and mm-hmm. and not the, the goods. All right. But yeah, I really enjoyed this issue. Good. I liked it a lot, and I was, like I said, very very hesitant. Um. It, I, I love it when my buddy is loving a book that he normally loves but hasn't lately. Extremely high standards of art yeah. for Vampirella. 
with Gonzalez and all the dudes that worked at Warren, it's it's a hard act to follow, and not many people can can maintain. Mm-hmm. You know who's getting up there in age, and it bums me out that I've never met him, and, and since he never seems to go to cons, I don't know that I ever will. Who that? Jack Davis. Yes. yes. Have you ever met him? Unfortunately, no, but wasn't he at New York last year? No. no. Are you sure? There was one con that he appeared oh, at. Oh, I'm sure because I was there. Okay, but I, yeah, I would love to see Jack Davis. Me too. I wouldn't want anything from him in return, but shake a, his hand, uh, baby. Shake his hand and just give me an ear and say, "Bless you for making my life better." I know. Yep. It actually hurts my heart that I don't own art of his. <sighs> it's a tough call. I know. Ain't that the truth? That's like getting a Kirby. Jack's uh, Mister Davis is up there with Kirby. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, it's probably not that extreme. Oh, I think so. I think Davis is um, in that pantheon. He's he's up there. Look at everything he did. EC, the 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 movie posters. But I, I think, too, but that's what I'm getting at. Like, I think put, I see a lot more Jack Davis art come up for auction than I do Kirby. What's the price range? Well, it could be pricey. I mean, like you said, I mean, I, I've, I've come close on a few magazine illustrations mm-hmm. um which can be in the high hundreds but i mean any sequential or stuff from the comics is well into the, the yeah. you know the, i mean eight to ten thousand is a good starting point i would think did you jump on that um remember i sent you the ebay auction for the jack davis i think it was a pencil rough or something and it, it was relatively inexpensive yeah but i think it ended up going for over 500 bucks oh. and it was like you said a penciled rough so yeah. Yeah. Still, one of the all-time greats. The absolutely, absolutely one of my favorites. I mean, he and he and Don Martin are two that I will always hold in my pantheon. I love Martin, but I don't think. Oh, Martin's... I'm not. I'm not even comparing the two. I'm just saying, you know, those are the two yeah. guys for me from that era that that, uh, that that I think are definitely main conduits for what got me into comics in the first place. Yeah. You know who I would compare favorably to Jack Davis? Hmm? John Severin. You know, I must admit, I, I mean, I know why you're saying that, but I, I, I can't profess to be a, I don't feel very intelligent in my John Severin aptitude. I don't, you know, I don't feel like I've given his work enough, uh, perusal to, to, to speak on that. So, I mean, I'm just gonna have to take your word for it. Se- very Severin similar career, it, careers, too. Severin makes it look effortless. Yeah. You see, you, you end up with a page from and, whether and it's from Cracked or anything. Marie is his sister or his wife? Sister. sister. Okay. But you, you, you see a, a Western or just a, a movie parody from Cracked and it's just like, it, it looks like he could have done it in his sleep, just the eyes closed. It's yeah. just, it, and it's, it's gorgeous and everything and is just, it, it's perfect. To wear so many hats. To do a, go from a period piece to a, um, a comedic farce with this goofy looking painter guy, you know, and, and just make you laugh out loud. It's just the, the caricatures. Like, he could draw monsters well. He did the classic, like that, uh, what was that, that, uh, cracked magazine for monsters only or whatever. That he just, he could draw anything. Yeah. It's amazing. I love John Severin. Holy crap a doodle. I love yeah. him. Crap a doodle. <laughs> yeah. We still got more comics to talk about. Of course we do. Well, take it away. Uh, all right. Well, let's see. Um, 
Damn, I feel like you hit on a lot already. Um, whew, uh, how about, I know you, you gave it some props last week, but you were a little mum on it because we hadn't read it. Uh, David hadn't read it yet, but, uh, um, I at least have to echo your shout out to the second issue of God Hates Astronauts. <laughs> yep. It's fucked up. He's so funny, man. I mean, he's awesome. You know, I mean, I, I know he's our friend. I know we've had him on, and people are going to think we're just placating him. But he's freaking hilarious. I mean, he, he, his mind just works in the, the, those humor synapses are firing very quickly against one another. Uh, the, you know, and it's it's but the thing is, it's not just one type of humor. It's wordplay. It's it's image play. It's just like these goofy concepts that don't make any sense, right. and then you mull them over, and they're hysterical. It, it, he's 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 very intimidating. And now, his, no his sound balloon, his 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 sound blurbs are just incredible. Yeah, yeah. Left, you know, right, middle, yep. love it. Mug stop, forceful mug. Uh, just, just, just. I mean, he's great, man. I mean, again, he. I don't know what else to say about than than I. I sincerely, I haven't since I don't pay attention to the numbers anymore. I don't honestly know how GHA has sold in the first two issues, but I really hope it's a hit because, it, based on, in a in a fair world where quality and uniqueness and Design and um, you know the, if you if you reward the total package and give extra credit points for um, standing out in a crowded bookshelf, uh, God hates astronauts deserves to be right up there. Right. Well, I have heard from a very reputable source, and taking into consideration that the first issue is now in its second printing, yeah. that that GHA number one did very well. Cool. Yeah, I picked one up today. Nice. Okay, good. But the the thing is, uh, it it makes me kind of afraid for for Ryan because when when you're this good at something, consistently good, and you do the same consistently good stuff issue after issue, people get complacent. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm afraid of because, you know, every issue is so great and so entertaining that you're going to expect it after a while and then – it just becomes commonplace and it, it becomes rote to some people. It's not, it's no fault of the, the artist in question right. or the creator in question. It's just that people, they, they get bored easily. You know, even with this high caliber of work that they, they just, I don't know, I don't know what it is. I, I don't, but I, I've seen it enacted in, in the shops where it's like, yeah, I, I read that for a while. I just got tired of it. I don't see how you could, but I, I'm just afraid of that, that he's just so freaking good. That people will just, after a while, well, I don't want to be a downer. Why am I even talking about this? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of it. I have a book that will, I uh, hope Daryl and Chris and the, and the rest of the no apologists who are listening because they'll fall on their floors. I have a book that I have now read the second and third issues of that I thought about not mentioning because I want to absolutely hate it. But if I'm being fair, I have to mention it because I have enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I ever would. Well, it's got to be a Valiant book. No? Hmm. Oh, boy. What did you read? Well, you gave them to me. Oh, boy. What did I do? No, Death of Wolverine. Oh, yes. Uh, okay. Uh, uh. I... Uh, you guys know I have wanted to hate this series. Um, I have... The reason I mention those guys is because I have, including being on their show as a guest... Who pooed Charles Sewell as a writer? Um, oh. I have referred to him as a a um, cookie cutter assembly line big two writer. Um, 
fair or unfair. I have, I have viewed the work I've seen of his so far as being relatively uninspired. Fine. You know, he blocks and tackles, but, but a little bit formulaic and not standing out from the, the laundry list of the 90 to 100 titles they put out each month. So I was a little dis, well, I, I already was going to have mixed to negative feelings about the idea of the death of Wolverine, but then when they announced that Charles was going to be writing it, I thought, oh boy, this is disaster. This is Jeff, this is Jeff Loeb evolved <laughs> level disaster. Oh no. <laughs> He's a dog. Um, but I have to say, you know, we talked about the first issue a month or two back when it came out. I have to say, as much as it pains me that they're killing off my favorite character, and as much as I doubt and sincerely believe he will be back sooner rather than later. Um, I, I've been entertained by the, the series so far. Uh, I think the art's been quite good. And I, 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 he's tickling a lot of components of the Wolverine mythos, which shows me that, um, although he may be newish to Marvel and new to this character as a writer, he is certainly not new to Wolverine as a character, as a fan, because you've got Madripoor, you've got Viper, Mystique, Cyber, and then in issue three, you're introduced to Ogun, uh, and, well, reintroduced to Ogun, and, and you've got Kitty playing the role of hero slash ninja, which evokes back to Kitty Pryde and, and, and Wolverine, the miniseries from the eighties, which we all uh, lovingly reminisce about from time to time. So, I I I I dig the journey. I don't know if I'm going to like the conclusion, but I dig the journey. Yeah, well, what do they say happens when you you uh, get into a situation where you finally meet your maker? The, the significant beats of your life flash before your eyes. That's the formula for this. He's he's putting all those high points or the most you know the memorable points together in a what is it four issues five issue miniseries. You, you, you have Kitty. I thought issue three was the best yet. Oh, I agree. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, Madripoor, like you said, all of those beats that, that we associate with Wolverine, he's compressing all that stuff into one miniseries. And it's, it's perfect because if he's going out, we should be seeing these things. Kitty's a badass. I mean, when she sticks her hand, she faces her hand through Lady Deathstrike's hand and then materializes and blows Lady Deathstrike's hand off. I mean, that's, that's, that's hardcore. hardcore, Yeah. 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 And McNiven looks good, man. You know, I mean, uh, I, I don't know what else to say about him other than he, he, he definitely is bringing his A game in this, in the series. <laughs> yeah. Can you blame him? That, that was my apprehension. I, I like McNiven stuff, but you know, it, the, he has a tendency to overwork things, I think. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think there's too much of that going on here. I think it's, it seems very natural, almost restrained in some spots. Yeah, I, again, I, I wish I could say but and then give you some negatives, but I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I think the biggest negatives, if you are to find them, were in the first issue. I think the second and the third have been tighter overall, and uh, so I guess we'll see where it goes. But I mean, well, I know where, we we know where it goes. We know where the end game is here. But but uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if 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 any story about a character that you know it's the death of, one could argue it's the only reason to read and enjoy it is the journey. Since we know the outcome to start, and and if that's the case, then so far they're succeeding. I have enjoyed the journey as much as I wanted to absolutely hate it. So I think it's going to make a hell of a collected edition. Absolutely, um, it's going to be right up there with Old Man Logan in terms of of of, of modern Wolverine takes uh, in the mm-hmm. last five ten years. That was really good too. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, yeah. David's 
uncharacteristically he doesn't silent. Like the series. Which one, Old Man Logan? <laughs> oh, I know you don't like Old Man Logan. We've already, but no, uh, Death of Wolverine. I don't. I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't hate it. <laughs> so I, I, I think I'll just leave it at that for now. Okay. Maybe, 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 that, maybe that fourth issue will really knock my socks off. So what are you loving? Well, I, I'll give him something to talk about that he's loving. What Bonnie Wright? Amazing, <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man number seven. I did read Amazing Spider-Man number seven. And you did you love it? I I thought the first part was really fucking quick. I well, really yeah, not liked the... the second part. No, no, it, there's two stories in this issue. Yeah, yeah. The that's first story the tonight. Well, I'm no, getting I'm not... getting out of my system now before the comes. Nice. Uh, no, the, the 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 first story was went by real quick. Um, it, uh, it set some things up to get us into the next issue. Uh, and it looked great. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm noticing a lot of, uh, plot by Dan Slot issues, stories lately. And, and, you know, and he's, Wants to concentrate on on Spider Verse or that that's fine. I just that there's a um, there seems to be a common denominator when it comes to the Spidey stories that I want to love, but something just doesn't uh, get me all the way there. And uh, but as far as the, the, the first arc ended, seventh issue starts and and it's still. Uh, Everything is still the same as far as what's been going on in Amazing Spider-Man, but it's, uh, I think the meat of this particular issue was the Spider-Verse story. And I, you can't even say in the back because it, it was probably, was it half the issue? There were a lot of pages and it was, yeah, it was dense. Yeah. It was, it was really good. It was the same creative team and, um, although this time written, written by slot. And, uh, it's, it introduces us to a few new, uh, spider men in, of, of, of parallel universes and another family member on the hunt who is a lot smarter than the family members we've seen so far. Yeah. Jason, I just got two words for you. Mm-hmm. Roma. Yeah. And, and Saturday night. Saturday night. Oh, sh- yes, yeah. dude. Yes. <laughs> Wait, but not drawn by Alan Davis. But not drawn by Alan Davis. They might as well be. I mean, they're yeah, they're the- real close. No, no, it's it's Kevin Coley. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, cool. But it's a definite tip of the hat yeah. to Alan. Oh, that's my sh- In the beginning of the the Edge of Spider Verse story, we're introduced to one Billy Braddock. Right. Yeah. Who is is the uh, um. One of the Captain Britain Corps, but he wears the spider suit, and the, on the chest, it's the Union Jack. Nice. Worked into the spider motif. It's pretty cool. Um, but in in the first half, <laughs> Anna is cock blocking <laughs> Peter and and uh, Cindy. The, Cindy's now living with Peter, and well, as when this issue opens, yeah. Cindy Cindy's living with Peter and Anna. Cindy Lou Who? And whenever whenever they get really, dude. 
<laughs> no. Uh, I hate that you. My, the one thing I just I dislike about you is that <laughs> that when you, you when when you start doing the zone thing, you can't get taken off of it. That's, it's, it's like a savant thing. It's kind of weird. It's I don't know. See, he's pausing because he's still he can't get off track. He's ready to jump right back into his track. <laughs> Go ahead. So Anna <laughs> has a spray bottle full of water. And whenever Peter and Cindy get close to each other and they start getting into the clinch and that those pheromones kick in, she squirts them with water. She's cock blocking Peter. They should be make the out. Whole, they should make out. That's what I'm saying. How cool would that be, right? But uh and so Cindy ends up well, read it. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just so amazing the character, the energy that he they're infusing. Like Swaggle meets the Dust Brothers. <laughs> For real. And I'm saying Peter should wear Anna like a hood ornament and just oh go with Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> no, it's great. Great stuff. That was the best of the week. Really? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I haven't read that yet. I, I love it. I love where they're going with this stuff. Cool. Yeah, no, it's yeah. good stuff. All right. I'm really? having, I'm, I mean, it's, it's in the queue here. I just didn't have the time. And I, I'm not familiar with this Captain, with this Ms. Marvel character. The the What's her name, David? Kamala, yeah, I, I, but she's, I like her. Oh, she's great. It's, it's a yeah. great character and, and it's, uh, it's very, um, she's very I'm much like, uh, Peter Parker and, and the early days of Spider-Man. She's, she, she's going to school, she's a high school student, dealing with her crap, dealing with the parents, um, parents are all alive so far and, and everything is, uh, is, there's, <laughs> there's just, she's got to deal with it all and, and she's, um, she's, well, like, like, like she tells her friend in the issue, you know, it's not, she's not slacking, she's not trying to shrug her responsibility, she's just exhausted because the days are long and, uh, and apparently someone is wearing a Miss Marvel outfit from back in the old Carol Danver days and, mm. um, Carol Core can't have that, so. She's a Cree too. She's a Cree. Cause she, she's yeah, in. Had that, that Dr. Minerva and, uh, she, uh, Oh yeah. So she's, she's in the issue. She gets, uh, so, so basically there's a, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a Marvel team up issue for, for, for the first half of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least set up to it. And, and the story will continue. And there's, there's a henchman who has history with Spider-Man. Yes. We can't, we don't know who the henchman, we can't, they're all wearing full face masks. So we don't know who the character is and, and knowing, you know, with, with, with Spider-Man's history, it, it can literally be anybody. So yeah. it's, uh, that'll be a neat reveal. I, I, I like when they, um, when they throw that in instead of just being, you know, a tr- regular henchman just thrown together. And, and, uh, but I mean, for as long as Spider-Man has been around for as many people he's, uh, been in contact with in New York City and outside of the five boroughs, it's, it's, uh, it, it's not, Inconceivable that that someone would, especially if they're in that line of work, that that, that they would have crossed paths with uh, with Spider-Man before. But the the, the Spider-Verse story definitely uh, there's there's a uh, there's a nice nod to 1983 as well. But it's it's a uh, it, I I was telling Mario today that it's a uh, I I love parallel universe stories. I, I I love the idea that there are 
thousands, millions, however many worlds, Earths, where everything can be very much the same, except at one point in time, history took a different turn, and and yep. where it can go from there is just you could have so much fun with it. You can be so goddamn creative, and and to have uh, to have it. I mean, I am a big fan of it. Period. But now to have it nearing towards the uh, Spider-Man corner of of the Marvel universe, it's uh, it's a lot of fun for me. I could be just reading that from here on out and uh and, and be quite happy but i i uh i agree with vince amazing spider-man 7 was a is a really good issue yeah and and the the kamala part she's geeking out not because she's teaming up with spider-man but because he's been touched by greatness <laughs> ha- having been romantically linked at one time to carol danvers <laughs> And she's she's getting all fangirl out. I'm like, what was she like? What was it? Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Nice. Yeah, great stuff. And it, I don't think it would be anywhere like the 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 alternate universe stuff is fairly easy to do. Any writer can do it, but I don't think it would be as compelling if someone of the caliber of Dan Slott wasn't at the helm. I mean, he is really working magic with this stuff. Yes. When do we yeah. as fans get together and decide that he? Is writing the best uh, Spider-Man that's ever been written because he's put he's putting in a lot of work. Oof. He's he's doing yeah, a lot of work. This is we're talking about, right? I don't I, I don't know. I think Jerry Conway has that title. <laughs> oh my God, Jerry Conway owns no title. <laughs> Other than internet douche. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I opened the door and Jason walked us right through it. No, I, I think you're right. I think Slot is writing a great Spider-Man up there with the greats. I don't know if I'd call it the absolute peak. I, I, I would like to, maybe in hindsight. I don't disagree that, I don't think he's done it yet. But when's he finishing? He's not finishing anytime soon. Right. And right. everything he's written is great. Yeah. Now, would you say John Byrne wrote the all-time best Fantastic Four? There are many people that believe that. Oh, uh, boy. Wow. Um, no. Because, I mean, no. Okay. All right. It doesn't always have to be the creators involved in the inception of these characters. No, it doesn't. Wrote. In the Fantastic <laughs> Four's case, though, it is, though, because again, right. it, 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 it's it's I can't escape the significance of those first 50-plus issues and, and what came of them. I can't. I can't. Uh, it's, well, it's the petri hundred. dish of the Marvel universe, so right, right. But uh, so okay, let's apply this to to Stan and and Steve. Would you say that Stan Lee and and Steve Ditko wrote the the, the very best Spider Man run? Much to Zach's uh, dismay, no. <laughs> so you're gonna go with um, Ramita and uh, uh, could be Stern, Michelini. I mean, I'm Mackie. Mackie. I would say I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with McFarlane myself, but. But I see. I wasn't being facetious. I think Jerry Conway wrote for me the the best run of Spider Man. It is a good run. It is a really good. It run. is. It I is. Mean, it I, is. I mean, he's I, he's a dick, but but yeah, he's a good writer. I um, yeah, Michelini wrote a lot before and after Todd, but I don't know if I would. I don't know where I'd rank that. Um, it's good stuff, though. I mean, especially this um. Round Robin stuff he did with Bagley. There, there's, there, there was a lot of, but then you know, then then he also brought back 
Peter's parents and the whole, you know, and so there, there, you ended up going off the rails towards the end. It's like, it's like looking at a tree of knowledge with, with Daredevil in the fucking armor. So it's like, you know, you, you have some good ideas in the beginning and then it's, it's like, you know, JMS syndrome. But the, I, I, I don't know if it, Conway, Conway is really good as a Spider-Man writer though. He was. But it, ultimately, it's a testament to to Stan and Steve for creating a, a character so damn compelling sure. and so so vibrant that you can have this many hands Absolutely. in the pot, and and they're always. I, I I you guys know me. I'm like one of the 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 worst Spider-Man marks ever. I I don't believe that I've read a truly bad Spider-Man story. I'm not saying. From the writing standpoint, it was bad, but I always derive a certain amount of enjoyment from Spider-Man, regardless of the quality. It's it's all up for me with Spider-Man. I love the character, right? So there's really no truly even the like the Clone Saga. I love it. So it's hard for me to pick. I think it, they're all great. Even Torment was enjoyable, and I know where we a lot of people stand on that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys are harsh, man. Dude, you, 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 any, any point you were trying to make, any, any positive you were rolling with there, you did a 180 think, by, by adding torment to it. No, I think the, 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 the positive is I get a very high level of enjoyment out of Spider-Man regardless who writes it. Like Spider-Man Rain? I like Rain. Spider-Man. Yeah, I like it. looking at Peter's Peter. Spider penis and, every, and all. Spider dung. Yeah. Well, look, I think to Roland's question, because um, I think you two are out of your minds, but I'm, I'm, a, very, I'm a very objective Spider-Man fan. Uh, that was supposed to be a, a joke. You guys are supposed to laugh at that, but that's okay. Well, but you also said you're the best with McFarlane, so I'm still caught on that. But I'm kid, I was being I know, I know, bro. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> uh, I think that... Um, as much as I like to bust on slot, I think that he, your, your question is, is a legitimate one in the sense that, um, I don't think you can ever assign someone best ever during the, the moment. You know what I mean? Cause, cause I think oftentimes we get caught up in the moment and then I think the, these kind of labels have to stand the test of time. But that said, when you look at the sheer volume of stuff that he's done, in this book and where it was before the Wacker thrice monthly reboot started one more day and brand new day. Um, uh, it's impressive. I mean, I, I can't say you're wrong. I, I can't, I mean, and again, as, as, as much as a Marvel zombies, I've been my whole life. Um, Spidey is, is probably one of the few quote unquote main characters that I haven't, clamor to read on a consistent basis and and I have genuinely enjoyed the sum total of Slot's run from start to finish so yeah I think he's he's certainly making a name for himself uh, you know whether he's the best ever I think is something that will be answered by some other um podcast if those things still exist 20 years from now but but uh it's, yeah. I mean, we've we've said that it is his run is ranks high up there on mm-hmm. on the list of you know best Spider-Man writers and, and, and it's, I think now, well, even before, like 
this minute, but for a while now, I believe that uh, when you think of slot, you're going to think of a Spider-Man run. You're not going to sure. think of Thing or She-Hulk or oh, Stimpy. for sure. It's, it's, this sure. is yeah, for sure. This is it. So it's it's a. Uh, it, it was always was, his dream to write this. And, yeah. it, and you can tell. This is one of those mm-hmm. things where you can absolutely tell that he is such a mark for this character, and and right. absolutely loves whatever whatever characters he's created. He, he he's having them play in this sandbox. He he uh, he doesn't um, you know even when you use him, when you use Spider Man in another book or you uh, or you have another character. Uh, show up in a Spider-Man book. It, it's he any anywhere Spider-Man has shown up, Slot does his homework. He he wants to. He's like he's like when when Byrne was working with on the X-Men or or the Fantastic Four. It's like he needs to know what the characters are doing so that it it can work well in the story that that he needs that he wants to tell with this character. But there's there's love for the character. It comes across. Every month, and uh, and I think it's it's a great match. It, it's practically perfect. I think that uh, I I could not be happier for him and for the stories he's telling. So I mean, it, Slot Spider Man is is high up. It's it's Simonson's Thor. It's Miller's Daredevil. It's it is See, now, now where you while you were talking, I was thinking. What can I attribute the all-time best run? To whom can I attribute the all-time best runs? And I think it's a it's a really cool puzzle to solve. But I only, from what I can tell, based on these couple of minutes I've been thinking about it, there's only two series that I can definitively say are the all-time best. Uh-huh. One of them you mentioned, Frank. I think Frank Miller wrote the all-time best Daredevil. And and the only other one I can think of is Alan Moore and Swamp Thing. I don't think there will be anyone wow. who could to, who could top Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. But it falls apart when you move on to other characters like Spider Man. There've been so many, like we said, great Spider Man stories. Fantastic Four. I don't even think Simonson can be picked for all right, the all time. Let's, let's, let's do this real quick. Let's wrap it. Let's 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 wind down with that. Let's do a little speed round where we throw out runs or characters and see who we think is, if there's a definitive. Uh, okay. Batman. Um, Jesus. It's, I mean, you, you've had hard, right? Because you're talking about thousands yeah. of issues. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I got to go to my go-to guy for that, Frank Miller, with his dozen Batman stories. Yeah, well, that, that's how good, that's how good they are. Yeah, it's not about volume. No, it isn't. Uh, but when when it's... part of that volume includes the All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder, Come I think the good it... ones. No, well, look at it this way. It's all part Never of it's someone... all part of that one voice. That that Batman is the same Batman that was in the Dark Knight Returns and Dark Knight Strikes Again. But they're not the same books. They're not the same books. It's the same. It's the same no. character grown up. But but they're not the same books. I get it. Like... No, I get that. I, I get what you're saying. But I right. can't look at Frank Miller's Batman work and exclude a bulk of it. I as much as I'd like to start with you on this one, David. I got to say, Vince. I, I got to. I was back in the sense that, I mean. Dark DKR and freaking uh, and freaking year one. Like, year one, are, are, but I'm saying like those two things can be like held up against. Like that gives you a lot of mulligans. I think I don't know. I think, all right, like, all right. Um, but anyway, that, I think that's a hard one. I threw that out intentionally. I mean that that's yeah. difficult. Uh, for me, Superman is easy. It's, it's Morrison. It's All Star Superman. But I mean, to me, it's not even close. I realize though that that may be a, a minority view. 
See, I, I look at the, uh, for me, Superman, it was, the, the golden era for me for Superman was, was the weekly books when you had Stern and Louis Simonson and, and I mean, you had Jurgens. That, that was, that was fantastic. So I, I can't pick one writer out of that because Carlin had everybody in, in step. Okay. I have to agree with David on that one. As much as I want to say Morrison, that that Stern stuff and company, that was great stuff. Yeah, how about Justice League? Uh, Given Mateus, um, Morrison. Uh, that 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 for me that could maybe lean towards Conway. Uh wow. Yeah, I, I, I love the older stuff. I, I mean, I, I love Wahaha. I, I love the Giffen De Mateus stuff. Uh, the Morrison stuff, I wasn't really grooving on. Um, yeah, I think the shortcoming for that was the art. The Harold Porter art, Howard Porter art. Yeah, look at him now though. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but back in the day, uh, with Morrison, I don't think the art did. Right, how about service. Green Lantern? Oh, O'Neill. Denny O'Neill. Nah, John's for me. No. Yeah, I don't even think, for me it's not even close. I think John's is work, run as seminal. Mm. I think, I think John's run is because of his love of Hal and the Silver Age and that we can attribute to, to, uh, O'Neill and, and the guys before, but I, I think John's did fantastic work, and I, I'll owe him a beer for bringing Hal back. But I, much as I, I enjoyed a lot of the stories he told, I, he's not the Green Lantern writer for okay. me. Okay, uh, I'd say John's up to the end of Blackest Night. Well, yeah, everything, everything after that. Yeah, I'm with you there. How about uh, Green Arrow? Oh man, I. I absolutely loved Archer's Quest. And that that that's by Meltzer. But I I thought Kevin Smith did a really good job early mm-hmm. on. Although Winnick stuff was too, I I enjoyed that whole volume when they brought Ollie back. I, I thought Winnick was really good. I, the the who wrote when when it was Connor was that Chuck Dixon or was that Winnick also? I think it was Dixon. Uh, it could have been a. Mix of both, okay. right? Yeah, I, I wasn't really reeling a lot. I, I wasn't reading a lot of the Connor stuff. Uh, Aquaman. Will Pfeiffer. Okay. Nice. <laughs> no, I, I, I can't say. Peter David. Aquaman. Yeah, for me it's Peter David. That was awesome. Rick Veach did a great Aquaman mm-hmm. too. I actually, as much as I like the Buster Chops that Rick Veach, I gotta <laughs> agree with you. No, I agree with you on that. <laughs> I think that's probably my favorite thing Rick Feach has ever done, but. Uh, okay, uh, I don't know, is there any other, ma- Wonder Woman? Um, I would have to say, Rucka. I did okay. like the Rucka stuff, that was good stuff. For me it's Azarello. It's the, it's yeah, the I figured that. that. I was, was just about to say. That was expected. Uh, Plastic Man. Crickets. No, because I don't. I I didn't read a lot of the Kyle Baker stuff, so I'm I'm going with Jack Cole. Yeah, I would have to say Cole too. That um. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Uh, how about Flash? I can't answer this one because I've never read really any Flash. Mark Wade. Carrie Bates. 
Okay. And I'm sure some people would say John's, right? Sure. Uh, I, do we all agree, uh, do we all agree on, on Titans that it's Wolfman Paris? Yeah. It's gotta be, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dave is laughing. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, that one's an easy, that's why I didn't even really throw it out. It's, that's, I think that's, okay, so then let's jump to Marvel. Uh, uh, X-Men. Claremont. I gotta give it to Claremont. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, Claremont as a writer or Claremont Byrne, Claremont, I mean, Claremont. Oh, like the, the definitive, like, like that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the look? Yeah, Claremont Byrne. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I mean, look, I, it, it'd be nice to be contrarian, and I mean, I, I loved Morrison's new X Men. Uh, I, I, there's there's plenty of X Men runs I've really enjoyed, but I yeah, I got to give it to Claremont Byrne. It's like, but see that that's tough though because there's beautiful stuff to Claremont Cockrum. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. Paul, Paul Smith, it's too hard. Yeah, I mean, for, I would, right? I mean, for me, like my my two I me mean, two of my most coveted issues uh, ever. Uh, one I own, one I don't own. Giant Sons X Men number one and. And, uh, X-Men number 94. And, uh, you know, and, and with, without Cockrum, there is no Claremont Burn. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like he's, yep. so, but, but I'm with you. And uh, I, I hope so much to love to say Paul Smith, but I, the, the issues aren't enough there for me. Right, right, right. So, no, yeah, it's Burn. So do we give Peter uh, David the Hulk because of the longevity of it? Yeah. I want to say Bill Mantlow. See, Whoa. I, I, oh uh, no, no. I, I want to, Vince. But when I think of the stories, I, there was just there was more power in the Peter Davis stuff. The, the Mantlo stuff was fun, but it didn't have the the effect that uh, Peter Davis stories did. And, and yeah, I'm just Mantlo's I'm just third, dude. Because I got to give Greg Pox run uh, props too. Yeah, see too. It's, 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 it's too hard it's thing for me. I can't. Even, I don't right. even. I don't even incorporate it in like the Hulk ongoing. That's just. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, the Hulk's too hard. Okay, <laughs> for you. Okay, Captain America. Mark Wade. Oof. Okay, that's good shit. Uh, I. I'm. I'm leaning towards Grunwald. Okay. I love Grunwald. You mean Serpent Society? That's my shit. But but I I I. I I, I got to give it to Brubaker. No, I, I, it was, I read it every month and it was great shit, but it was, it was, and it, it, a lot of people loved it for it. It was, it was a little bit too much on the espionage for me. And, and yeah. that as neat as it was seeing Captain America in that mm-hmm. setting, that isn't what Captain America was. Damon Mateus, right. Brunwald. Here's that. a super hard one. Cause I don't know that there's ever been a seminal run of this Iron Man. Iron Man is, uh, probably, no, um, although, I mean, as, as pretty as those books were, um, I, I think Denny O'Neill, because that was when Luke McDonald was on art, that was when we had, yeah, Rogue I got you back Iron on Man. That, actually. Yeah, I got you back on that. Which who, is a long ass time ago. Yes. Who, who wrote the extremist run? I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Warren, Warren Ellis. Was that yeah. was Ellis and, uh, Granoff? Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, it's Granoff. Let's see, um, uh, Wolverine, standalone. Claremont. Emma. I'm gonna break the tie and say Claremont. Uh, okay, let's see. New Mutants. Wheezy. Wheezy. Agreed. Um, Avengers. Oh shit, I'm out. <laughs> I'm not out. Because my, my, my initial. That shit is hard, my, yo. My my initial is always is always Roger Stern, 
with, with yeah, the that, Masters of Evil and the John Bushima Tom for me, Palmer. It's either Stern or Engelhart, yeah. But yeah, Engelhart too. I had don't I, I went back issue diving for all those old issues. Yeah. It's gotta be one of those two. Uh, I'd probably go Stern as well, but uh, it's but you know what, but it's this one is super tough because I love the Busick stuff. I, yep. I love Thomas. a lot of stuff. I mean, I think Hickman's killing it. Yeah. Uh, the Roy Thomas stuff is, I mean, it's the, you know, arguably, you know, that comes, uh, that's hard, man. That's probably why I'm such a big Avengers fan. I've liked a lot of the runs of the book. Uh, let's see who else here are we forgetting. Um, uh, Thor. Simonson. Agreed. I can't go with that. Who are you going to go with? The original. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which brings Steve us to Lieber? FF. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, did, what was that last part? Fantastic. FF. Uh, you got to go with, with Lee and Me Kirby. Too. Yeah, you got yeah. to. I, I mean, as much as I love the burn run, it's... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right with you. Uh, who am I, am I forgetting any of their major Marvel properties? Um, Daredevil. Miller. Miller. By by far. See, and that's yeah, a tricky it's, one. It's not even. A no, not, not, it's not tricky. Actually, you're right. It is Miller. But what I mean is, it's that's one though where there are multiple fantastic long yeah. runs. And Miller had the break between yeah. before he left 200, and then he came back, and 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 then finished with with Born Again because it was supposed to be the final Daredevil story. But mm-hmm. uh, what about uh, X Factor? David. Uh, we uh, yeah, Peter David. Yeah. Yeah, I was close to saying Wheezy, but yeah, no. Definitely. Wheezy's run's great too. Yeah, but I gotta give it to Peter David. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I th- I think of everything he's worked on, um, his his uh, signature book for me was Captain Marvel. That that is my all time. That's my all time favorite Peter David book, even more so than Hulk. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That was a fun there little exercise. Just off the it was. Thank you, Roland. Look at it. He instigated, among other things. Contributing. He's contributing to the, uh, to, to, to U.S. spending and productivity gains and he's contributing to our podcast. Yeah. And if you would like to contribute to your bank account, meaning save some money, bank some money, you best check out Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, because you will save a boatload of green and get a lot of books in return. Like I said, the image bundle, Four books, $6.74 from IDW. Cordo Maltese, uh, the first of 12 graphic novels, will only cost you $14.99. That's half off. And the Copra trade. Get them cheap, inexpensively. Six issues of Copra for $10.97. In your travels. I wanted to talk longer about this, but... Uh, there is uh, horror elements in it, horrific elements, so I'm going to throw it out here right now. Uh, do yourself a favor uh, and read Elephant Men from Image, specifically nice. issue 59, because uh, it's uh, the uh, second part of this Red Queen storyline they got going on, but... H.R. Giger is actually Giger. a character yes. in, in, in the, uh, the, uh, elephants, elephant men story. His philosophy about, uh, overpopulation and genetic engineering, they play into the story and it's really well done. Um, Axel, is it Medellin? Medellin? Medellin, Medellin uh, is on our, and he incorporates, um, actually H.R. Giger himself. And his artwork into the story. It's a really, really special issue. And, um, the, uh, I gotta give, uh, props to, uh, 
the cover artist. Did Bukuk did the cover? Yes. Where, where he does a, uh, a homage to H.R. Giger's, uh, famous illustration with the, uh, the birth machine illustration with the, the babies as bullets. And that, that, inc- that goes back to Giger's, um, philosophy that o- overpopulation is like a loaded gun. And the, bu- the actual bullets in the gun are fetuses with guns of their own. So every new birth is another bullet, which will create another bullet and another bullet. And it just plays into the elephant men. Uh, storyline. It's a great, great issue. Uh, I hope to talk about it more because I, I'm giving it short shrift well, here. Yeah, but. no, I, I, I read 58, which was a great issue. I'm, I'm glad I read 58 leading up to, to 59 and, um, I just started 59. So I, I'm yeah. glad you're 50, not going too far into it. No, no, no. 59 is almost a standalone. Good. It, 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 I don't want to say it doesn't propel the storyline, but it just reinforces what um, some of the overall themes in the Alpha Men series, writ large, it's 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 just he's just extrapolating on stuff that Starkings has been hammering into the series since day one. And I haven't read Alpha Men in, in in a good long while, so what a great book, sleeper. I mean, you don't hear much banter on Alpha right. Men, but it's a great series. What I absolutely love is the cover. Cover number could be somewhat misleading because the. The number sign, the hashtag, the pound, mm-hmm. has the five inside the center square. So if you look at it, it looks just like, you know, number nine. But if you actually look inside the uh, the square in the, in the number sign, you'll see the five. And it's, yeah, that's, that's clever. I, I love Star Kings. It's a fairly recent thing they've been doing with that. I, I don't. Maybe it's just to attract new readers. I don't know. But I, th- I personally, I think it's unnecessary. But what do I know? Mm-hmm. I'm not a publisher. You know, yeah. lots. Nah, nah. Ah, son. In your travels, uh, this is a, um, the, the, the trade has been, I'm not even sure if the trade is actually out. I think it is, but it's a four part story. Um, it is, uh, Star Wars Rebel Heist, written by, gentlemen we mentioned earlier, Mr. Matt Kent. And, uh, pencils are by, Marco Castillo, uh, inks by Dan Parsons. It is a story that takes place uh, during the, um, just uh, sometime before episode five. And it is, um, so we've, we're familiar with Luke and Leia and, and Han and Chewie. And, um, so they're not grizzled war veterans just at this point, but they, uh, they've, they've done what they had to do. In episode four, now before episode five, and the things that happened in that movie and the following movie, um, there's a uh, a young guy named uh, Jan who's going to join the rebellion, and he teams up with Han, and uh, that doesn't kind of go the way Jan was expecting it to go. Um, but all the issues, they you you see the connection. As, as the, uh, as the story progresses. But the first issue, uh, you see the person working with Solo. And then the second issue, uh, the rebel, um, I don't know if you want to call it spy, but the, uh, th- there's someone working with Leia in, in the second issue and, and she sees that Leia isn't just, uh, a, a princess who was 
born with a silver spoon and and is is used to getting her way she she sees that uh leia jumps right into danger and and she uh can hold her own and can pick up the slack that uh anybody um leaves so the third issue is more of a connection from the second where somebody that Leia meets in the second issue, ends up meeting Chewie in the third, and then what Chewie does in the third issue um, trickles down to uh, what Luke needs to do for his part, and that kind of circles us back around to um, Han's part. But it it is a really slick, uh, it's, it's a good-looking book, and I think that Kent, instead of um, rehashing any old uh, Star Wars stories or, or just wanting to write uh, any of the bigger names in the Star Wars universe. He actually went about it from um, a, a stranger's point of view. So so you get to see these characters um, kind of in a new light and and uh, before they're they're uh, they, they achieve their legendary status. And I think I, I think it worked. I know that um, and I don't necessarily think that that well then again, he's doing Valiant now. But when I thought of of Star Wars, I don't think that that Matt Kent was a name that immediately popped to mind for someone who I'd want to see tackle the Star Wars universe. But it it really worked here, and and I think that uh, if you if you're enjoying Kent's work anywhere else, uh, I think you'll dig this. And if you're a Star Wars fan, I think that uh, just seeing the younger versions of, of these characters uh, told. From a different angle, uh, I think works really well too. So there, I would check that out. Nice. Uh, in your travels, uh, I want to take you to a world of radio plays. In fact, the most popular children's sci-fi radio show of all time, uh, written by Mr. Matt Fraction, uh, drawn by the incomparable and attending New York Comic Con with us, Mr. Howard Chaikin. Talking about Satellite Sam. Uh, it's a story, it's essentially a murder mystery, um, revolving around Michael White, who's the star of the aforementioned show, uh, but he inherited the job from his now deceased father, who, as he comes to find out, is a totally depraved sexual fetishist. Um, you've got, uh, you've got a head of the network that is, uh, uh, desperate to get them to sign a long-term extension. You've got a producer who is, um, Riddled with cancer, you've got ingenues from, you know, the brunette Libby Myers, uh, who is, uh, kind of a closeted freak and, and videographer auteur to the far more outgoing whorish nature of, of, of Maddie, uh, who's in S&M. And then you've got, uh, Eve, who again seems like the, the blonde all American, but she's into some freaky shit. And it's just, uh, it's a fascinating period piece that, uh, is one part, uh, depravity, uh, and two parts, uh, detective murder mystery, uh, and, uh, one part media expose all rolled into one. Um, it's, it's a, it's a blast. It's a book that I didn't particularly enjoy the first issue because they used a lot of terms of art relative to radio production that I wasn't familiar with, but, uh, I quickly, it, it grew past that and has been, um, very titillating and, uh, a book that I definitely, uh, think deserves more attention. So 
Second Tree and, just came out. Suddenly it's in. And there's copious blowjobs in it. Tons of sex. Yeah. Tons of sex, tons of booty, tons of lingerie. And, 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 and what's cool about it is unlike that bullshit Vampirella, the lingerie actually gets <laughs> taken off and it's, uh, oh and, you see, and you see titties harsh. That's rough. <laughs> so harsh? Just kidding, oh. just kidding. <laughs> Not about the titties lucky. You're lucky I love you. You know I'm only fucking around with you. Oh, I know, I know. Vince, we are totally going to get shaken to draw stuff. Wouldn't that be awesome? It's going to be awesome. I, I don't, I don't even want him to, to to draw stuff. Just don't be mean to me. Yeah. Let me shake, yeah. let me shake your hand and that's maybe true. Get... That's true. He, yeah, you're right. It's Rollins in your travels. Yeah, uh, I suppose I'm just going to echo some thoughts from earlier in the show. Uh, basically, if you're dumb. Uh, go out and buy God Hates Astronauts because you probably haven't done it already. Uh, <laughs> there's a man with an arm coming out of his chest in it, and there, there really isn't any more reason to buy a book than that. <laughs> if, if, if you don't want to read a book that has a man with an arm coming out of his chest, I don't want to know you. I, I can't even say King Tiger eating a cheeseburger without giggling. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> But maybe we're just, I don't, I, I love it. I, I, I hope Ryan lives to be 200 years old and keeps doing this book. It's fantastic. It is. So there you go. Another episode. If you are in the New York City vicinity yes. this weekend, get, get thee to the New York Comic Con and come up and give us big hugs because we will return. Or even if you're on this planet because I came from the other side of it. So get in a plane. And come over. What, what Roland just basically said to our throngs of listeners is strap one on and get your ass to New York Comic Con. Yeah. What are they expecting? 120,000? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's big numbers. Big doings. Yep. And remember, be- the one place that is not worth your time is Artist Alley. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the Ebola's all over the Artist Alley. It's all about the Ebola. You have a 50, <laughs> 54.5% chance of contracting Ebola if you go to Artist Alley. Yep. So. Anywhere else, you're good. Totally. Yeah. Panels, I heard, are the safest place. <laughs> I would like to see my, Michael Keaton, though. Yeah. That would be great. The Batman? Yeah, no, the, ba- the, the original Birdman. Batman. Uh, the Batman. Coco Beware. For the, <laughs> all the Adam West fans are like, getting all salty. This town needs an enema. Michael Keaton did the Batman best. You think from, from the the Tim I think so yeah Tim Burton Ooh. produced movies yeah yeah well hold on a second that's a giant yeah. qualifier I mean you're you're excluding the best three Batman movies went by that statement so it's like oh yeah I'm not talking about the movies per se I'm talking about the character of the Batman Mike nah you guys are wrong it was clearly Val Kilmer Ooh, no, George uh, Clooney. I was going to say the uh, Batman uh, seal of deal for me, right? No? Clooney, cheapest. <laughs> so uh, get to New York City Comic Con. We'll be there. We hope to see you. And uh, we always do this. Why? Because we Cause love we you. Love so much. We do. Join us here again next week where you can, you can hear all about the convention. convention. And if you're wondering how to find us, if you don't know what we look like, we'll be the three dudes who are... Four dudes, I'm sorry, who are squealing like pigs with giddiness and hugging each other uh, inappropriately. Yeah. Or if short of that, just look for the six foot eight guy. That is true. We do have. We got to bring in muscle with us. 
We should get Roll on a Fez. <laughs> you, you can get one for me as much as you want. It's not getting worn. Dude, what about like, uh, like cosmetic, like, uh, metal jaws? <laughs> How awesome would that be? You <laughs> know, <laughs> all up in his grill. Ah. Oh, that's awesome. Goodbye. We'll see you. Hope to see you this Bye. weekend. Peace. Bye. See you.